Hello fellow travelers and welcome to Lovecraft Country Crossing, a weekly recap and review of the groundbreaking HBO series. Tune in as Megan and Maria discuss, dissect, and dish on each episode and speculate on what is yet to come. We are now entering Lovecraft Country. Join us, won't you? Welcome to Lovecraft Country Crossing. I'm Megan. I'm Maria. And today we're going to be talking about episode five, Strange Case. Strange Case. There's so much that happened in this episode. Like, I needed to lay down before. <laughs> like, this, this, is, this is so many emotions. This is so, it was a so lot. Many yeah, At one point so I did points. live tweet, like, I don't even know what to feel right now. <laughs> yeah like i was just like am i supposed to do i like this episode do i not like this episode uh, right I'm, like, not I don't, sure. I'm not sure because we've been because we're so used to seeing like atticus and letty and their stuff right um that we really do focus on two other characters and we really don't see them that much this episode Right, yeah, they're like the B we, story of this episode. Yeah, they're one hundred percent the B story. Like they're the like they're the story that ties everything together, but they're not the focus. No. Um, for this episode, so the so the opening. There scene, also there also wasn't any kind of external monster in this episode. There wasn't. Or the a non human monster, I should say. Non human monster. Yeah, the enemy of this episode was the white people. And whiteness yeah. and the social yeah. construct of whiteness and how it works yes. in America. <laughs> and how it works, um, you know, for different people and against different people. Yeah. What the hierarchy of power is. Yeah. And like, yeah. And so, so, so lifting, that, lifting yeah. that veil of, of whiteness and seeing what it's like on the inside. Yeah. So like the enemy really was just society at large. Pretty much, you know. <laughs> this episode. Um, but we open with like a white woman in bed, just like waking up and waking up with a start. And it's not and just any white woman; it's Dell, the sheriff from Artem with the dog. Dell, like I didn't recognize I'm, her because she looks so much me cleaner. Me either. <laughs> me either. I was just like, I was just like, who is this woman? Because I thought I had seen her in something else before. Yes, I was, she looks familiar, but she I looks so. Right? I, <laughs> I was just like, I was going through like my, my mental Rolodex of white women actresses. I was just like, who is this? Like, who is this woman? And come to find out, I was like, wait, hold on. Like, she was the sheriff in episode like one or episode two. Yeah. Um, who was had the big guard dogs. And so that that brings further a point. Was Samuel or Christina Dell? I don't think so. Like, I, because they, they keep morphing in and out. And like, <laughs> you know I can't imagine Christina morphing into somebody who has less power than her true but I uh, it's because either they killed that woman either they killed Del and Artem or Del was never real well I mean it could Del could still be real and they didn't kill her true just like just William just took her form well, no. I mean, she could have just been knocked out and had a severe head injury. We don't know that she's dead. Or True, not. we do not know that she's dead. But like the, but like the physical facade of her, like mm-hmm. Christina Christilium, 
<laughs> um, spoiler alert. You listen to a spoiler podcast deal. But um, Castilium had to have gotten her blood in order to give Ruby that facade. Right. Because, like... Yeah, and, and I don't think uh, there would be any issue with, with Castilium getting that. So. True. Very true. Because she, like, you know, her family has power over this fucking 1800s town. Right. It's very kind of like... Um, an English manner situation. Yeah, like. because like because episode two is literally the mad scientist episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that's episode three. Is episode three? Yeah. No, episode three is Holy Ghost. Epstein. No. Yeah, Hire Epstein. He was literally a scientist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But that's like the episode two is also like the mad scientist in the castle episode. Oh, uh, I oh uh, that seemed more like uh, wizards to me. Oh, true. Magic. Or like the Gothic yeah. manner, like. Yeah, Gothic man. Yeah, absolutely. very like Daphne de Moray, Rebecca kind of ish. Yes. Um. But yeah. anyway, so you know, dun dun dun. It's Ruby, and Ruby has woken up as a white woman. I called it. My theory was right. Maria was one hundred percent right. I was like, God damn it, Maria was right. <laughs> so she's gonna wake up a white woman. I was just like, and like it's when you think of like the physicalities of of the actress who plays Ruby and the physicalities of the actress that plays white Ruby, like she's shorter mm-hmm. and like just petite mm-hmm. she's a petite woman than yes. um the actress who plays Ruby. One me. One me. Right. I was trying not to say her name because I didn't want to mispronounce it. <laughs> but one me is like she's I like just looking at her, she looks like at least five eleven. Like, right. she looks much taller. She looks much taller. And, like, it's like, not only do you make me a white woman, you make me a tiny white woman. But I think that was purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think that was purposeful. But, um, yeah. so, like, so cut to, then we get the title card, which is, um, a strange case. It's a profile of Ruby's face. Yeah, and butterflies. And then you see butterflies at the back. Yeah. So we're getting... This whole emphasis on metamorphosis yeah. throughout the episode for all for pretty much all of our characters. Yeah, for all of our characters, and like so we see like White Ruby, um, walking around like the black neighborhood. I'm assuming she she somehow found herself back at the South Side. Um, yeah, she's trying to get back to somewhere familiar. Yeah, and she's just like, but she looks like this disheveled, crazy white woman in this robe, and they're just like, "Ma'am, can we help you?" She's like, "I'm Ruby Baptiste," and they're just like. Okay. Oh, oh okay. All right. <laughs> and and so like like because they're also confused and frightened, you know, by her behavior and her appearance. Yeah. And also the attention that she could bring to the neighborhood. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like you know, because she has access to the system that is designed to protect her and not them. Yeah. So they're like, get you off the street, like ASAP. Yeah, like we need to take you somewhere, and like you need to go home, man. We need to go home. And then, you know, a young boy bumps into her. He's just like, ma'am, are you okay? And all of a sudden, the, the fuck 5-0 pulls up. Before he can even finish the sentence, we hear the sirens. And they, like, pull right? up on the sidewalk. And I was uh, like, <laughs> gee, how did they, like, how did they get here so fast? So fast. Was there, I was like, was there a fucking a... distressed white woman lowjack? Like, right. What the hell? Was there a bath signal? Like... <laughs> distressed white woman back signal and like and they rough up this boy this young boy a disturbance in the force <laughs> right 
It's like, there's a white woman being harmed. You must go save her. Right. <laughs> the fuck? Um, and they rough, they rough up this young boy who looks like a young child. Like, he looks yeah, more than, like, 12 like or 13. Like, he's a baby. And they're just like, did he hurt you, ma'am? And But um, when the police pull up, both Ruby, white Ruby, and the boy both put their hands up. Yep. This is, like, instinctual. It's like, oh, the yes. cops are here, hands up, so you don't have any, like, weapons or anything like that. And, like... Please don't hurt me. Yep, please don't hurt me. Because Ruby is still Ruby, dipped in white woman. And... <laughs> And like, and so they rough this boy, and they're just like, "Did he hurt you, ma'am? This animal hurt you?" I was like, "That that child." Did he molest you? Did he molest you? I was like, "What? Okay, ew." (laughs) In broad daylight on the street, (laughs) all these people around. What the hell am I going? Did this child molest you? Did this actual child? Did this minor child molest you? But it kind of reminded me of that case in New York where that woman was in this store, and she swore up and down that this nine-year-old boy had grabbed her butt and he called the police and all this stuff and yeah you know when you look at the surveillance video his backpack brushed up against her yeah his backpack this is like an this is like a nine-year-old boy his his like a four or five-year-old or six-year-old sister is with him and like he's an actual child and his mother like an actual elementary school age and you think this child is copying a feel like what the and and bitch, if you don't like black people, how about you don't move to fucking Harlem? Because that's where she lived. She lived in Harlem. Right. Like, how about you not live in Harlem then, if you're so afraid of black people? Because like, she doesn't know the word no. Okay. Like, uh, I want to fight that woman. I've totally forgot it. I'm just mad all over again. Sorry. <laughs> I think they called her Corner Store Caroline. I think that was her. Yeah, something like that. And I remember seeing a live of this dude who went to her like a part where she was doing like um like a local news affiliate showed up and he was like outside. oh and he interrupted the interview yes he was like go that. home get out of here quarter store carolyn go home go back where you came from you don't belong here i was just like yes <laughs> snaps snaps gentlemen yes fantastic job <laughs> fantastic a+. job a plus gold star um but so Ruby so she sees that so Ruby sees the officers roughing up this boy and she's just like no he didn't do anything it's like it's okay ma'am you're safe girl what and um, see, the thing is like they have this boy on the ground on the ground has spilled his popcorn raised ready to ready. beat him ready looking for any excuse she can give so that he can beat this child yeah and she finally realizes they're talking to her like they're trying to protect quote-unquote her yeah and she's like no he didn't do anything he was actually trying to help me yeah and pop says are you sure she's like you know yes like are you sure because we really want to beat this kid are you sure right. like we, do, we need to beat this darkie we like our, our darkie beaten quota has not been filled for the day right right so we need to so give us a reason and we'll do it and she's just like no he was trying to help me so like they let the kid up and he is just like you know shell-shocked and traumatized traumatized and like you know backs up and like gets to safety you know of all these black people are standing around just like you see what's happening because they can't do anything like they are rendered impotent because if they try and help this boy like it'll just be worse 
it'll just be worse. Like they could, de- they like the authorities could declare a riot and come in and like fuck up the neighborhood and kill people. And like, uh, I was so heated. I was like, how are you going to start off the episode this way? Now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm real mad. Um, and so they like usher Ruby into white Ruby into like the police car. I was like, "Ma'am, let's get you right. back to your husband, and da-da-da. we'll take you somewhere safe, ma'am." Because like yep. she was in danger. She was one hundred percent in danger. I'm a like my like Ruby's white presence in that neighborhood was more of a danger to them than it was 100%. to her. Like 100%. they are in danger. Like this whole neighborhood of people is in danger because this white woman decided she wanted to come to this side of town right like and yeah so, yeah and like you were saying when they're like trying to beat this kid and she's telling them hey nothing happened they said there's no need to protect this animal yeah <laughs> like, it's just like he's a child carrying popcorn like <laughs> you spilled his popcorn like how how is he that anybody he's literally a child with popcorn like what are you gonna do throw it at her face mm. like was it gonna pitch popcorn at her anyway yeah <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get you safe. Like they're pulling her out of a literal jungle, you know right? I mean? uh, and they say they're gonna take her to her husband or whatever. And like she's in the back of the car, and they're playing the whitest song ever. <laughs> the song but that song talks about being somebody new. Yeah, it's a it's a song called "Tonight You Belong to Me" by Patience and Prudence. It is from the uh, like 1954 55. Um, it was a singing duo of two sisters. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a weird bitch. So I like the song and I was just like, they're literally playing, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're literally playing patience and prudence. Wow. <laughs> this is peak 1950s whiteness. This yes. is, this is white music, like dead ass. <laughs> and this whole episode does a lot with the music to illustrate what we're seeing visually yeah and how and how we're jumping from one um like one side of the coin to the other yes um and they use music very effectively um especially in this episode they've, they've been using music effectively um the entire season so far but this episode but it, is yeah. it's so very pointed it's very pointed and it's so noticeable um mm-hmm. but anyway so she's in the back of the car and they're just like Man, we're gonna take you back to your husband. She was like, "He's not my husband." It was like, like he did yeah. something to me. Mm-hmm. It was just like, no, he told us, like, you know, you just had a fit. It's fine. Um, right? Just- they say we we know about your condition. Yeah. Uh, you just need your pills, and it's like then she realizes what power she may have. It can't overcome the certainty of a white man who believes he's correct and knows best. Yeah. So even as a white woman, she is still at the mercy of white men and like and watching this i was just like when she says he did something to me i was just like how many women how many white women specifically for this scenario have told mm-hmm. the police it was just like he you know he beats me or he rapes me or this that and the other and they were just like man we're just gonna take you back to your husband you need to go back to your husband right like you don't know what situation you're taking her back to like listen to the woman like and they don't care because they believe they know best and she's just crazy she has yeah. a condition she's just she a just delicate crazy pills. white woman yeah she just needs right. her pills and she's going back to her husband who's going to take care of her of course and so like and so she starts convulsing in the back seat 
and they're her just eyes turn brown. Her eyes turn brown, and they're just like, "Oh, it's one of her, one of the fits her husband was talking about." And so they pull into the driveway of the house, and William comes out and like essentially scoops her up mm-hmm. and takes her into the house, and then puts her on a sheet of plastic. I was like just it's like, American Psycho. Like it's American Psycho, and I was like, "Oh, so this is this is the path we're going down this episode." Okay, <laughs> has rubber <laughs> gloves. He rubber has... gloves that go up to the elbow and are already stained with blood. Yes, and he has a he has plastic sheeting, and like I'm surprised he didn't have a, a like a rubber apron on. To be perfectly honest, with you. <laughs> it would have completed the picture. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to get it on your clothes. Right? Mm -hmm. And, like, you wear nice clothes. Um, And she's just in... And she says something. Or she she says, I don't want to die. Yes, because he picks up this huge knife. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to die. He was just like, you know, he says that metamorphosis isn't a death. And then we see him carve into White Ruby's body. Right. And as he's doing this, the television is on because he doesn't want the neighbors to overhear. Yeah. And there is a news anchor. He's going through his, you know, broadcast and he talks about Cermak uh, Road and Cicero where there are picket lines happening. And, you know, William's getting his, his knife and is like carving white ruby carving. off of ruby. Yeah. Uh, he talks about an Italian opera called Norma. And then William, like, basically stabs Ruby as he's peeling her skin away. And you can see Ruby's eye staring out of Del's mouth. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. Uh, I was like, oh, (laughs) it is so creepy and also a really cool shot. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. The the CGI on the effects on this episode were insane. Amazing. They were were so so good. I couldn't, um, like, I couldn't, I was just, like, staring. Silent. Like I, 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 like, I, I don't know what to say. It's right. like I am freaked out. I'm grossed out. My skin is crawling, but yet I cannot look away. Right. <laughs> and uh, the newscaster goes on and talks about breaking news about these Kenyan locusts who are like making their way across northern Africa and going to Great Britain, like pretty much eating and destroying everything in sight. Yeah. And he talks about how locust nymphs hatch from eggs. And go through five molting stages where they shed their skin and develop their wings. And after seven days, they are um, evolved into fully adult locusts and destined to destroy everything in their path. Yeah. And this aligns with Ruby's story specifically because she, in this episode, she goes through five uh, transformations. Each one, she gets more comfortable with it every time that it happens. And then when she hits that fifth transformation... Girl, listen. We'll get into it. Oh my god. Um, and so like that, the newscaster is juxtaposed with the newscaster is in the foreground, mm-hmm. and William is in the background, and essentially like carving white ruby open, right? Like taking out her intestines, taking out the skin, like all of that. And it's a great way to like kind of see the gore but keep it out of focus so it's not yeah. too much it's know? not too much yeah and like he just yeah. like before he stabbed her like he just like rips open the robe it's just like okay get you out of here <laughs> and they they employ this tactic again uh near the end of the episode and then we we go back to montrose who's in the room where he murdered yahima with the blood still under his fingernails just kind of like waiting to be discovered pretty much you yeah. said the scene of the crime yeah 
And Atticus <laughs> and Letty, you can hear them talking. They're coming towards the room about teaching a human English to try and help get her to decipher the language of Adam. Yeah. When they open the door and they see them there and they ask, you know, what has he done? Where's Yahima? What has he done with the pages? Yeah. You know, because Letty, kinda... yeah, because Letty thinks that Mantra's just yet let Yahima get out the house. Oh, right. And she's like, well, maybe we can catch up with Yahima. Like, yeah. Know, what time maybe we can find they, them. How long have they yeah. been gone? And that's not what happened. And Tick knows immediately yeah. what has happened. And he just beats the shit out of him. Because it's not only that he figures out that, like, Montrose killed Yahima, but also destroyed the pages. As well. Mm-hmm. As well. And so Tick hauls off and beats the shit out of his dad. Like, beat, he beat Montrose like Montrose owed him money. Like, he yeah. caught Montrose in bed with his wife. Like, Montrose stole... Yeah, yeah, really. If Letty hadn't called the other boys in there to get him off of him, he really might have killed him. He might have killed... Yeah, he might have killed Montrose. 100%. Like, yeah. he beat him like he had stole all of his money and his car. Like, he... Like, he... he, yeah. he I mean, like he he's beat endured him. this abuse from Montrose, you know, for all his life. Yeah. To control, to control him as yeah. a person and now we see Montrose over here killing Yahima again and getting rid of the pages again to con- control Tick yeah it's just like Tick is a grown ass man like you don't need to what are you so afraid of like what are you this so afraid is of never, the violence has never solved your problem and it case in point worked. last episode yeah right. like this is never things have never been good when violence has been employed in your life like right. You're from, like, the Tulsa race riots. Did that, like, you see, like, you see when unmitigated violence does. And you are continuing that. But he doesn't know any other way. He, yeah, he does not know any other way. And so. I just hate that uh, Yahima had to die for that. Yeah. That's. I think the whole storyline is bullshit, not well done. We could have done without it. Yahima's not even in the book. You know what I mean? We could yeah. we could have chosen a different way. We could have like it would have been it would have been kinder if like if Yahima actually had just escaped the house. Yeah. And like they couldn't they couldn't find her. And and sometimes it's like, uh, well I'm not I'm not, you know, part of the LGBT community or anything like that and I not indigenous i have any indigenous ancestry or anything like that but i you know can recall several tv shows and movies or whatever where they have a black woman on yeah just to like kill her off for the protagonist you know and it's just like oh man i wish i would i would have rather been erased like you know yeah just don't just just don't invite me to the party right just leave me alone if that's what you're gonna choose to do yeah just lose my number let me stay in the house yeah but um and so like yeah Tick beats the ever beats the donkey shit out of Montrose mm-hmm. and for good reason because you killed somebody not only did you kill somebody who could have helped us but you, you killed somebody yeah for what reason to what end like they did nothing to you they did nothing to you like what are you so afraid of Montrose like that's lo- the you know they just like Titus they lulled Yahima into trust again yeah you know and only to have her killed. Only to have her killed. Just like, ugh. 
Yeah. Um, so. And then, um, and so like, Montrose only says like one thing this whole episode. He just says gone. Yeah. This whole episode. Um, but so Tick like goes downstairs to the basement, basement to the sub basement, and to he's like looking room. at all the pictures to the dark yeah. room. He's like looking at all the pictures, and and Letty comes downstairs. She's like, "Tick, you need to calm down." He was like, "Did you take pictures of the pages? Yeah, did you take pictures like of them?" Demanding and agitated. Yeah, he's. She was like, "You need to calm down." He was like, "If I if you have pictures of it, and like, and she's just looking at him, breathing real heavy." And he looks down, and he just, you know, kind of composes himself, not really, and just, like, goes off. And we see that Letty has a back. Yeah, removes himself from the situation. Letty has a back. Because she's scared. She's scared. She's just like, I don't know what what you're capable of right now. I just saw you beat the shit out of your dad. I don't know what you're going to do right now. So, yeah. So I've come prepared to protect myself if need be. Right, right. So that was that was a that was a scene that was a heavy that was a yeah. Ooh. yeah and that was also and that was also years of abuse that Atticus suffered at the hands of Montrose mm-hmm. like years of like physical and emotional and mental abuse probably mm-hmm. and For like sure. yeah and also realizing just like old man like I'm bigger and I'm stronger than you now and I can defend myself now so this isn't going to happen again like just so just so you're clear this isn't going to happen again yeah Uh, we get back to William's place yeah and uh, he comes out of the bathroom and gets naked (laughs) we get a butt shot we get a butt shot and uh, I guess he must have washed up Ruby because she's nice and clean yeah and she's she wakes up in his bed again. Yes. <laughs> uh, and he's talking about butterflies and metamorphosis, how he was seeking answers to replicate this process for humans. And the scientific community laughed about laughed him out basically until he found Hiram Epstein. Yeah. And I'm wondering, did William participate in the kidnappings and the experiments, or nah? I don't know. I have a feeling that he might have or did he just finance it you know what i mean he probably just financed it and didn't know what they were doing because i think it was hiram and the captain mm-hmm. who like you know captain lancaster yeah, yeah. captain lancaster because he's a police officer he's a captain so you can easily mm-hmm. pick up somebody on like no charge and hold them and then hand them over to hiram and that person's never seen again so mm-hmm. yeah we also get to see uh, William's um, brand on his chest. Yes. Uh, and it looks kind of like an upside down half moon with a dot in the center. And then on the top of that half moon, you have these things that look like uh, horns. Yeah. That curve out and come back in like horns. Um, still don't know exactly what that means yet. All that and more will be explained in other episodes. Of <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> like this episode answers so many of the questions that we had previously. Yeah. And then it gives you more questions. So many more questions. Back end. And it's like, and, uh, and, the, and the questions are not presented in an overt way. They are so subtle because they're showing you more. And so yeah, while we get a lot of sure. answers for some stuff, other stuff just like, okay, but what does that mean? <laughs> like, right. they're what just is kind yeah. of expanding things? Yeah. And I'm also wondering about this potion right how is it administered because 
the first time Ruby wakes up, she just wakes up white. Yeah. So do you have to drink it or do you just rub it on your skin? Because we don't. I think you might have that, to drink it. Part. I think you might have to drink it. And then I'm wondering, like, how did he get her to drink it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Either gave her a drink or, like, or gave it to her while she was asleep. I can't imagine that kind of potion being pleasant enough to be able to do that. Right, but also, like, but also we know <laughs> William has, like, a magical penis. So, girl, his penis could have been a sedative. <laughs> it should have been oh, knocked out. <laughs> That's why I'm like, maybe you just rub it on, because that I could see happening. Yeah, because of the way you come um, out of it, yeah. But I think yeah, it has Especially to be- if you just wake up like that. Yeah. Uh, but William also talks about how Hiram couldn't figure out the process, but he created these magical doorways. Yeah. We don't really know what those are yet. Um, he then speaks the language of Adam because he has these butterflies on his wall. Yeah. And the butterflies on the wall come to life and they start to circle around Ruby as he, you know, as she figures out that magic is real. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, magic is real? About, and he's just like, does that yeah. scare you? <laughs> and she's like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit, bro. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know, man. I woke up white this morning. Yeah. Like, it was very scary. Yeah. But but she, but she says, she's like, it doesn't scare me as much as waking up white. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> magic is scary. Right. Waking up as a white woman, more frightening. <laughs> Even Way scarier. Yeah, and she talks about how, you know, when she was wandering the streets in her crazed confusion, how, uh, you know, nobody was afraid of her and how they treated her like a human being. Yeah, they weren't yeah. afraid of her, they were afraid for her. Right. And I could imagine that kind of feeling, like, being addictive, you know? Yeah, and also, like, like yeah, and also, like, being seen. Yeah. As just, as a person. And, 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 and like, cared for. Yeah. Right? Not ignored. And so I was like, I was wondering if you could magically transform into a moderately attractive white woman, would would I? Would you? Yeah. No. Like for a day. Would I? I. Uh, I mean, I, I de- it depends on what the brass ring is. Like you know, it depends on what I would get. Other than lightness. Well, I mean, that's all up, that's all up you, right? What you do with it, right? Yeah. It's like, do I get, like, you know... Yeah, like, I don't... I don't think I would, even for a day. I totally would. <laughs> just I'm the, so curious. Just the power. Not even that, but I'm just so curious to see what that would feel like. Yeah. And to, you know, go beyond these walls and stuff. And, like, basically, I would probably do a lot of the things that Ruby does here. Yeah. Because, uh, to be honest, when I, you know, first realized, like, this was going to be what was going to happen to her this episode, mm-hmm. um, I was very kind of wary about it. Yeah. Because uh, I was concerned it would be kind of about how she would prefer it so much. Yeah. Being white, that she would do anything to retain it. Yeah. Uh, because like you know we know right white supremacy is productive and powerful and, you know as much as it is a total lie yeah you know? there are benefits um, to the lie but it's still a fucking lie it's right right um 
but you know what we see what ruby does with it is like is like so what i you know what lots of people would do with it which is like get the job yeah right (laughs) uh wander down the street unmolested take your just you know get free ice cream and being like it's just so just like totally normal thing totally normal and it it kind of makes me think about how scared white people are when black people get some power yeah right and we saw this a lot with obama where they were like he's gonna make us white slaves and da, 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 da. homie that's and the like, last thing um, we don't really want that we, we just want to <laughs> be able to live yeah like we don't we don't like we're not on that y'all on that we, we are not right right we want to live interrupted and actually yeah. be looked at as equal and yeah have meritocracy actually be real like yeah like, like we just want to uh, be like people out here right. living our lives doing what we need to do to survive like i just want a, right. a job that pays me a little bit wage i'm not right. in all honesty looks i'm not my, thinking about looks at my resume and it's like oh okay i see you know what i mean yeah like, um because there have been studies where they do exactly the same resumes with black sounding names and then white sounding yeah. names or like hispanic sounding white, names or like right yeah. and every single time white sounding names get far many more returned calls yeah you know um so it just kind of reminded me of that because ruby doesn't go like out and like start hunting down racists or anything she's just trying to live life yeah you know <laughs> like she goes like um so when she's back with william um in the bedroom and right. he was just like, you know, they treated you like a human being. And she was like, yeah. I was like, so what do you, what do I, what do I do with this, with this now? He was like, whatever you want. So yeah. like she goes out and, uh, and has a day. Well, I mean, <laughs> when they're talking, uh, Ruby says that the metamorphosis, like it wasn't pain. It was like being unmade. Yeah. Um, it didn't look pleasant. <laughs> not at all. And caterpillars, when they're going through their metamorphosis, they are literally unmade. They're yeah. in their chrysalis and they're liquefied. Yeah, they turn before, to <laughs> Right, before they become butterflies. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, can you imagine being the first human to realize that calipiters and butterflies are the same? Oh, like, my. It must have been so magical to, like, see that. Mind blown. Just in a corner. Right. Just, like, just, like... And, like, how do you convince other people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this little crawly thing turned into that little flying thing. I sw- it's like, man, you're crazy. It's like, no, no, right. I swear. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I saw it happen. I saw a, ca- a little caterpillar make a little nest thing for itself. It come out, it had wings. I promise. <laughs> people are walking away from you. Sure. Okay. Like, and people are walking away mm-hmm. from you like, you crazy. You're just like, no, I swear. Right. You're like the dude in front of like the courthouse. Just screaming. <laughs> it's like, I swear, caterpillars and butterflies, they're the same. They're the same. <laughs> so are the greenest people. people. <laughs> like, you're just that dude. Yeah. But like you were saying, William leaves the potion next to a dummy thick wad of cash. Oh my, that was so much fucking money. I was like, girl, take Ooh, that money, get in the And apartment. I was like, are these all 20? Like I kind of like William right now, right? Like that, and the thing about it is, that's just pocket money. But it's all right. Like he's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave this stupidly fat wad of cash. That that money clip was holding on for dear life, stressed out, stressed like. out. <laughs> the ba- the hinge thin, like, right? About to snap so much money, holding on for dear life, holding on for dear. Uh, but, 
that's when he tells her that she's free to do as she pleases. Yeah. And so Ruby, you know, goes out and has a day. Well, at first she's like, let me just get out of here, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then she's like, she goes back and she's like staring at it, hesitating. And then we begin to hear as she's going out to have her day. Yeah. A poem from, uh, for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. But, uh, uh and to yeah, it's her most famous play. Yeah. It deals with, uh, it tells the story of seven women struggling or attempting to thrive while also being black and a woman yeah. in this world. And like, and skip the Tyler Perry movie because that movie is terrible. No, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Actually, if I, I'll put it in the show notes, but YouTube has the PBS version, like um, play of it. It has like a really young Alfre Woodard like oh yeah it's really really good and i like i watched it at work one day and i was just like this is amazing um <laughs> so i'll put it in the show notes but don't bother with the tyler perry let's go to the original work we don't need none of that uh, mess yeah we don't need Unless that hateration. Just enjoy bad things right we don't need that hateration and that holleration in this dancery. <laughs> in this dancery okay <laughs> but like <laughs> but like ruby goes out and has a day like she's like walking around and you can see like she's kind of unsure he was like i'm gonna get found out at any right right moment. she was walking like she wasn't sure she knew how to walk yeah down the streets right. down these streets you know <laughs> and like when she gets out of uh, and to the initial scene when she gets out of bed she stumbles and she falls because her entire body is different like her center of gravity is yes. off um and so like and so when she's out in the street she's wearing a fantastic ensemble i like that outfit um Oh, the clothes in the show are always are so, so great. On point. Like it doesn't even matter like who the character is, right? Like, <laughs> and like so she's walking and she like goes into an ice cream parlor, and like the dude's just like, "No, take it." She's just like, and she you can see that she leaves as she leaves the ice cream parlor. She's just like, "What? Free ice cream? <laughs> she's like, free ice cream? What?" <laughs> like she's just like, "Okay," <laughs> and she like she sits on right. a park bench and she reads a newspaper. And like, yeah, and there's an ad in the newspaper for a 1952 film called Confidence Girl. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and Ruby like has this confidence. So she's just like, I am just a single black woman out here, sitting on a park bench reading a paper. Like, this is the life. <laughs> Why do you have a southern accent? <laughs> There are also butterflies, like, around her, too. Yeah. It's like, this is the life. I'm being unbothered. I'm allowed to live my life. Right. Minding my business. Mind- and nobody's minding me. Yes. And it's just like, oh, what is that? I mean, like, because us growing up in this era, we kind of understand that because we've been able to move about life without much interference. Um, But there's still, like, you know, somebody looks at you and I remember as a kid being in the grocery store, like getting something for my mom and like somebody following, I'm like 10 or 11 years old. Somebody's following mm-hmm. me like, ma'am, how am I going to get this box of rice checks out of here without anybody noticing me? Like, also, I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a child. If you see a child stealing a box of rice mix or whatever, maybe just let it go. Yeah. I'm obviously hungry. That child is probably hungry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, yeah, I've, I had that happen to me when I was a kid. It was like my 10th birthday. We went to a dollar store. Yeah. And the woman uh, who was working the store had like her granddaughter who was like, I, I'm guessing her granddaughter. Yeah. She was a few years younger than me. Literally followed in my footsteps. 
Like, girl, this and, is a like, dollar store. Reorganize everything that I touch. Yeah. Like, girl, this is a dollar store. What What in the hell do I want? This is an actual you know, black, black people, black people are criminals and thieves. You know? Apparently, so, you know. But like, also, Ruby is like in, all, in these all white spaces. Yeah. Right. So being black in these all white spaces is a very different feeling. Very different feeling. Like I. And that she can be in these spaces and not be noticed or remarked upon or looked at, because like even when she went into Marshall Fields that that first time to apply for the job, mm-hmm. there was a woman at the counter who looks at her like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah. It's just like, um, and and when they go to the astronomy, um, when they go to the museum, yeah, when they're like buying their tickets at the front desk, mm-hmm. there's uh, there there are some white people who pass by them and give them that look. Yeah, like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Like, how how do you have money to pay to get in here? Because people got jobs, people got right. jobs and businesses and like educate. Shut up. Um, right. but, Even when the characters are not looking at them, they are being looked at. Yeah by whiteness yeah. right we have this we have this running theme because we also saw that in episode three when they were moving into the house yeah these white people were just always watching always them. watching always picking through their blinds trying to figure out what the negroes are doing it's like we don't think about you nearly as much as you think about us really don't we really and truly don't like i need y'all i need everybody to calm down right and mind the business that pays you right um it's also like to go off in a small tangent it's also how i kind of feel being a fat person and people looking at you and the things that you eat oh my god girl it's like i had i had a flesh cake in my basket once uh-huh this dude rode up to me because he was in an electric uh cart mm-hmm. and he says if you keep eating like that you're gonna end up like me sir and then rode off sir yeah. Uh, one, there's nothing now, wrong with Now, I still bought my piece of chocolate cake. Yes, because I wanted a fucking chocolate cake. Do you know how many times I rolled out of the store with <laughs> a pie? But it just, it, it haunted me for so long. I'm just like, why would you do that to somebody? Why would, you, why would you do that? One, there's nothing wrong with you. Two, what? You're making a lot of assumptions. A lot of assumptions. About me. And you're telling me how you feel about you. More, because yeah. I'm fine. I'm going to take this chocolate cake. I'm going to take this pie. And I'm, like, you know, going to go about my day. It's just, like, dude at the Chipotle, you two are in the Chipotle. You got everything on your burrito bowl. Why are you looking at me? Well, he's looking at you. <laughs> looking at me. They're looking at what I'm... Eyes all in your burrito bowl. In my burrito bowl. Yes, I got a tortilla at the bottom. What of it? Like, <laughs> you got everything you, right. Chipotle has to offer. Plus two bags of chips. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> and I know you're going to eat all of that on your own. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> like, get out of my face. Yes. So, like, so I can only imagine, like, what it would be like to move through life and not be noticed. Mm-hmm. Be acknowledged, but not be noticed. Right. Because even if I were a smaller black person, I wouldn't mm-hmm. nearly get as much guff like, you know, eating the food that I eat, but I would also, there'd also be a different assumption I made about me that I get now. Well, then, then it would, then it would be cute. Then, yeah. then it would be cute me eating, me eating this triple deck burger. Right. <laughs> and like, and just. Uh, you know, she just doesn't care. She's just so body positive. Look at her eat that burger. Right. It's just like, that's not positive. Okay. Whatever. Um, 
so many assumptions. And that's what, like, you know, to, ta- to bring it back, I probably have to edit so much of this out, <laughs> but to bring it back, <laughs> um, that's what Ruby deals with. And that's also yeah. something we come in, con- we come uh, face head first later on in the episode. Put a pin in that. Um, but yeah. But for now, she's enjoying being free of these assumptions that come with blackness. Yeah. She could, she could just be like a normal, average looking white woman, like moving through and just like living her life. Living her life like it's golden. <laughs> <laughs> So we get to Letty and Tick in the garage, and yes. Tick is uh, tending to his wounds. And Letty tells him that she did take pictures of the pages, but she hadn't had a chance to develop them yet. Yeah. And he thanks her for stepping between him and his father, because he probably would have killed him. 100%. Uh, you know, and I, I just need the writers to tread carefully here to make sure that they don't make Letty responsible for his emotion? Yes, please. I was just uh, like, ooh, this is a slippery slope. Slow. Right, right, right. Because, uh, you know, black women have enough to carry without this expectation yeah. of being able to, you know, carry their partner's emotions as well. Yeah, I gotta worry about my own emotions. I gotta worry about my mama's emotions. I ain't got time for you. <laughs> You're a whole adult, too. You're like, a whole-ass adult. A whole-ass adult. I need you to know. I'm gonna need you to figure you out. I yeah. can't do that for you. I need you to learn how to like you know, properly modulate your emotions and given situations, yeah. please. Thank you so much. Because um, he's realizing that he has you know that capability for violence in him that his father had. Yeah. And you know he had thought for so long that he was different. Yeah. Uh, but when he got to the war, he realized he wasn't that different. Yeah. And and she was just like you know. Like, I don't, essentially being like, you know, you don't really have to really worry that much anymore. Like, it's being comforting without saying anything. She doesn't say any of this. Um, and she just, like, you know, hugs him and, like, you know, cradles him a bit. Um, and they kiss and they start doing it. <laughs> on, on, on the, at first on the car and then they're yeah. on, like, some bench he, somewhere he, or something. He picks her up and carries her. He really does. Again, fucking Bold. Jonathan Majors being disrespectful Bold. on my TV again. <laughs> my favorite part is that they go from like kissing at the desk, yeah, to being on the car, and he already has a shirt off. Like we didn't even see that part. He just right? already has already off. shirtless. <laughs> that was hilarious. It's like, it's like it's off. It's been flung somewhere in a corner. It's just like right. <laughs> And like, and like contract requirements satisfied. <laughs> and like like Journey Silhouette is just like hanging on to him like a howler monkey as he's mm-hmm. going from like the car to the bench. And I kind of giggle is... a little bit because like, you know, mm-hmm. when they're like kissing and then she gets up to take off like her underwear and he looks at her and just like, <laughs> 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 and it's just like you've already had sex, but I guess like he didn't see her before. Like, no, he didn't. He didn't because they were, both they were clothed. like fully clothed before. Yeah, their you know? their parts just like met. This, it was <laughs> and it was like this this rush kind of thing. Yeah, you know? and so now they're more able to take their time. Yeah, it's a little bit more romantic and sensual. Yeah, are they? Uh, so I like it. I like it much better than the bathroom scene. See, I still like the bathroom scene because, like, you know, I'm a dirty bitch, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, were they in Uncle George's Like, had, had they done this scene first and then done the bathroom scene? Yeah. Then I might agree with you. Yeah, but the bath, but the bathroom scene has its place. But um, but were they were they at Uncle George's or were they in like the the garage of the house? I don't know. It just said Carl's garage, so I'm not, and it didn't quite look like that space. Yeah. So I I'm not sure because they it wasn't like he was in the office. Yeah. Kind of area. It he was really in the garage garage. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I have no clue where they were. But, um, and so they, like, you know, they have romantic sex. They make love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's just, I was watching that. It's like, Maria's going to be so happy. <laughs> I was. And it was so beautiful. It was straight out of perfect. a It was straight out of a romance novel. I love novel. it. <laughs> it was, it was straight out it. of a romance novel with him being brooding and in pain and her being like, oh, no, don't feel that way. Next thing, sex. Oh, well, it's not even about that for me. It's the way the scene is, like, shot and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pacing of it, the lighting of it, um, how tender or gentle things might be. Yeah. Um, how they look at each other, things like that. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah, it was different from the bathroom scene in a, a myriad of ways. Yes. And, like, there's, like, so, eye contact and, like, and, you know, right. they... He, he, he looks at her, like... He has this look of wonderment on his face yeah. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I love it. That's, yeah. what, that's what I like. Yeah, they're, they're in love. Like, they're in love. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but we go back to Ruby, and she's in the tub at uh, William's place. Yeah. And she's singing Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, because that's kind of where she is. 100%. <laughs> And uh, William walks in and she expresses to him that she doesn't understand why he chose her out of all of the black girls in the South Side. And he answers her question with a question, which is not answering her question. Which is deflection, essentially. (laughs) Right. Right. Because we all know he chose her because she's sister to Letty. Yeah. This is intentional, but she don't know that yet. We don't know that. Right. And that he's trying to get in that house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, but he also uh, tells her that he felt magic for the first time without using magic when he saw her. Yeah, which is just like, sir, you don't have to try and get my panties off; they're already on the floor. But that's the thing. I th- I think he really likes her. I think he likes her. I think I think Chrysalum I think Chrysalum likes her. I think they feel a bond. Yeah, know, with her. Um, and they're kind of um, fascinated with her, not just as because she's a black woman, but with who she is as a person. Yeah. Um, because through this episode, we get a lot more of Ruby and everything. And we yeah. kind of see like, like she's kind of like a writer. Like she tells really good stories and stuff yeah. like that. She, you know, the way she speaks and everything. Yeah. She's articulate. Um, and she like, she. I was trying not to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay if you say it, but, like, let a white person come up in here and say, which I have gotten many times in my life, oh, my God, you speak so well. Bitch, how the fuck yes, else girl. am I supposed to speak? Yes. Right. Yes, I'm out here speaking the white man's English. Because <laughs> it's been drilled into me. Fuck out of here. <laughs> and William asks why she doesn't use the money. And she says that the only currency she needed was that of whiteness. Girl. Ain't that ain't nothing but a word. If I could put like mm-hmm. gospel music under this, I would. 
<laughs> Look, I mean, right? Uh, we can have a whole paper call the currency of whiteness, and like, like and, yeah, right? And like those of us who know, and like I, I, I feign to use the word woke, but it's the only word I have right now. Um, or aware. I'll just say aware. Those of us who are <laughs> who are aware, and th- especially those of us who have you know had white friends and grown up with white friends, if we've grown up in like super diverse areas and stuff like that, um, you see the currency of whiteness before you actually know what it is mm-hmm. like, all the time all the time like you see the shit that like your white friends can get away with that your black ass or your hispanic ass or your asian ass or your middle eastern ass could oh, not get away with ever never your parents would sooner kill you and dump your body somewhere and pretend like you did not exist <laughs> <laughs> i had a friend uh in high school who would curse at her parents oh my god Call them all kinds of things. And I remember being in the car with her as we were like going through a drive-thru one morning. Yeah. And her mom was driving and she started cursing at her mother for whatever it was. And I was looking out the window and I remember thinking, please help me. (laughs) Like that gif of that little little boy who's just like, uh. Help me out of this car. (laughs) Oh my God. Because she is going to kill her. She's going to kill. And nothing happened. I was like, what? Uh, you do you know how long it took me to earn the privilege of cursing in front of my mother? I still don't. Unless I, I'm quoting something. <laughs> and even then, I might not even do it. Unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> like, my mother is lax now that I'm an adult. That is that is a I privilege, have, not a right. <laughs> I have yet to cross that bridge. <laughs> um, but she also says that most days, Ruby is happy to be a black woman. But the world keeps interrupting her. Yeah. And she is sick of being interrupted. Yeah. And William asks her, who is she if she were uninterrupted? Yeah. And while he's doing that, and while they're having this conversation, William has gotten her towel and William is drying her off. And he was also like scrubbing her back with a sponge and all that Right? I was like, like... look at this white man. Look at this white king. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this white king. (laughs) Like, and he's just, like, tending to her. Yes. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Just caring for her. Just caring for her and, like... Supporting her. Right? And her decisions. And it's just, like, when, when, like, when she first wakes up after, you know, being cut out of, like, you know, her white suit, um, her white lady suit... (laughs) Yes, and he and she's just like, "Am I free to go?" He's like, "You're free to do whatever you want. Like, you're not, you don't have to right. stay here if you don't want to." I was just like, he, "Yeah." He tells her, "You're free to go and come as you please." Yeah, and I was just like, "And Ruby has probably never heard that." Right? How many of us have ever? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm I'm waiting on my William. <laughs> Girl, listen, listen. I know a lot of people have different opinions about dating outside the race. Listen, let that white man come over here. <laughs> right. Just like, you know, without all the evil. Yeah. Without all the evil and like, you know, <laughs> just like the, the tinge of white supremacy. Like, right. if we can just keep the caring, the cash, and like right? the support, that'll be The great emotional and physical support and the right. money, we'll be fine. I will we'll, go, we'll go so far. Yeah. Like, as, mother, <laughs> as my mother says, I will have those zebra babies. I will have those white kids. <laughs> okay. 
But then, like, so after William asks her, what will you, what would, who is Ruby uninterrupted? Cut to white Ruby strolling into Marshall Fields to the tune of Money by Cardi B. Money! I really <laughs> need some. Like, yeah. she walks in there and all her white womanness goes to the back. Mm-hmm. Knocks on the manager's door and he lets her right in. I was like, "Oh, come in, ma'am." Mm-hmm. He, she's there to apply for her dream job, her but dream you know job. the money here is her whiteness. Yes, that gets her foot in the door. Mm-hmm. But before, like Ruby in her natural state, couldn't even get a call back. Couldn't even couldn't even get in the door to hand in her resume. I actually have a lot to say about Ruby versus Tamara and why some of the decisions may have been made. Oh, 100%. Uh, well, I think I came to yeah. the exact same conclusions, which come to a head yeah. later in the show. Yeah. But um, but the, um, Mr. Hughes, the mm-hmm. I guess he's like the store manager or like the... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The store manager. The store manager. And he's like looking over Ruby slash Hillary's resume because she's taking the name of Hillary Davenport, which is the whitest name. So white. <laughs> Um, and he was just like, oh, five, like, accounting classes, like, seven typing classes, like, all of He's this. He's like, are you coming from my job? Yeah, she's like, bitch, I might be. Um, right. So we see that Ruby is credentialed. Like, she mm-hmm. has skills, and she's, and this is something that all of us have faced. Like, especially black people, especially black women. And on, uh, on top of that, black women of a certain size have like, like she's she's been planning and plotting for this yeah she's been preparing for this she's yeah. taking classes for this she wants to make sure that there is no way you could deny her yeah based on her experience in education yeah but what ruby doesn't factor in is that all of this all of these great things you can do this smart this intelligence comes in the wrong quote-unquote the wrong package right. And see, we know from episode three that Ruby believes in exceptionalism and yeah. meritocracy, right? She thinks these things matter and are real. Yeah. Because she says, you know, she's working so hard to get this job. And she is. And she, if more if more of the people of the race thought like her, we'd be much further along. Yeah. And that's when we also see that burning cross on the lawn to be like, I think not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, bitch, you might be, but... Right. That's nice, but you're still black. Yeah, so. you're still black. And so Ruby, so the, so Mr. Hughes, the store manager, is asking her about her backstory, and Ruby has to come up with one on the spot. She, Of course, she picks, like, the land of white people, which is Maine. Maine? <laughs> the white people spawn point. Right. <laughs> the white people spawn point. <laughs> and it's just, she's just like, oh, it's a small town. You never heard of it anyway. We moved to Chicago. Like, she just totally right. turns past that. She's like, I can't. Right. I've never been to Maine. I don't fucking know. So, right. she's like, you know, my my mother moved here, like, you know, after my father died. And so we see, like, a little bit of, like, the truth in Ruby's past come out in the story yes. that she's telling. But she, like, quickly, like, reins it in as not to give too yeah. much away. Because she says Letty at one point. She's like, oh, my sister. sister yeah. <laughs> It's like, girl, don't forget yourself now. You and white woman cosplay. <laughs> you can't do this. <laughs> and like, and so the the store manager offers her assistant manager, mm-hmm. just off jump. Yeah, and well, and at first he asks her, "How do you feel about colors?" Yes, because apparently a lot of the staff quit after they stopped doing their 
whites only policy. Yeah, when tomorrow was and, and right, and White Ruby says, well, as long as they're qualified, I don't see why we would get why we wouldn't provide them like the same opportunities that we white folks get. And I was like, ooh, Ruby, you just messed up. Yeah, because white folks do not talk to each other about being white folks. Yeah, like they, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of he he because he, he gives her this look like what. And uh, then he just kind of smooths it over with, you know, the assistant yeah. manager. Oh, she's she, she, she just a progressive woman. It's whatever. Right. Well, well so the thing he says is, uh, you know, because she says that. And what, is he, what does he say? He says, oh, they say they're not race crusaders. Yeah. So, you know, they're not, like, actively seeking to integrate. So, like, relax. Yeah. Which just, which just confirms Ruby's whole thing last episode about knowing that they'll never hire two black people at once. Yeah. Especially not on the floor. Yeah, like they have what? Like if she if she does get hired, she'll be in the back stock room, like, right. or she'll be doing stocking overnight, like she some will, sort of serving, some sort of service, yeah, but not but in the front, not, be, not customer service. Yeah, she will not be at the counter. She will not be front and center at the counter. Um, and then, like you know, he offers her assistant manager, and she's just like, oh my god! But then she starts to feel like the the bearings of her white woman suit start to give a little. And we know that because bones start cracking, which is so gross. It's <laughs> so painful. It's so painful. And then, like, this fucking gross-ass mayonnaise man hugs her. <laughs> because I want us to all feel like family. I was like, sir, get off me. Get off <laughs> Nigga, I don't know you. <laughs> right. We literally me. just met. We literally just met. And so she's just like, he's just like, oh, let's, like, you know, show your rash. She's like, but first the ladies' room. Because she's like... That suit, like, them bindings are off. It's coming off. This, yeah. So she, like, so she's, like, actively, like, spewing blood. <laughs> and she's, like, touching Running for stuff. the elevator. Running for the elevator. Think about the janitor. The poor black janitor. Who has to find that who has in to the find elevator? It's like, like oh, damn. It's like, what oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's like, what do I say? Do I tell anybody? What? Like, like, he could get in trouble. Right? There's this white woman skin laying around. Like, mm-hmm. no, you gotta me. bring nope. up your other janitor friends. You gotta make a pact that this never happened. This never happened. We don't speak Just give me all the peroxide and ammonia right now. <laughs> and, and all the bleach. We just go, we just, like, I can just see this old black man just like, uh-uh, not today. And just starts right. mopping everything up. Like, uh-uh, not me. Is not it, getting me. Not, not, please. Find random white woman skin trash. I work murder white woman. Uh uh-uh, uh, not today. <laughs> um, and, and so, then Paul also finds uh, the potion. He thinks it's perfume. Yeah, and so like, and we, I'm I'm wondering if this will come back because uh, it might. Ruby never got it. Yeah, it might. Um, so like Ruby's like pressing the elevator and like trying to. Yeah, and she gets in the elevator, and she, like, starts sliding down, and you see, like, a front of her face what? skin just, like, come off, and you see, like, Black Ruby under there, and I was just like, this is truly the body horror It kind of reminded me of Hitchcock at that, that particular shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Especially the way she was but, dressed. Yeah. It was very, like, to be headed in the birds. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of, that kind of silhouette. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is totally like the Cronenberg episode. This is the body horror episode. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh. Um, and then we get We to... see the sign for Cabrini Green. Yes. 
which was a Chicago public housing project that started in 1942 and they demolished last place in 2011. Yeah. Um, it's also the place where Good Times is set. Yeah. And it's also the place where uh, 1992's Candyman was set. Yes. And it became, it was one of the first housing projects, like, in the country, really. Yeah. Um, and at first, it was whites only. Uh, of course. But, you know, that changed. And it also, it all kind of rather quickly, actually, became synonymous with government neglect. Yeah. It was one of those things just, like, uh, as if black people don't have a standard of living. Right. Um, which is not the case. Which is you not know, the, the case. government not repair things. And, yeah. You know, uh people are only so powerful yeah i mean like you see that with the from what i understand from the housing projects in like new york um, oh all of them. i mean housing projects everywhere yeah like housing projects in dc like my mom grew up in them and she was just like just the just this i can't even put it into words like just just how terrible they were and like the like the like the roach problems or the mice problems mm-hmm. or like they never go away. Yeah, they never goes They're away. They're constant. So yeah, because like, my great grandmother uh lived in the projects back when we had projects in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They tore more down. Um, you know, so I was over or there pretty often. I feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, those were just what you had to deal with. Right? Yeah. And at reading about Cabrini Green, one of the issues they had was that they weren't picking up the trash. Yeah. So the trash chute got so compacted, it got all the way up to the 15th floor. Jesus. And yeah. just rotting trash. Yeah. Just 15 floors of rotting trash. I get the smell. Not just in because the building, but outside. the government just wasn't picking it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <sighs> anyway, we see Montrose has showed up at Sammy's. But Sammy, so you were again right. <laughs> I was right. Theory confirmed. <laughs> and like he like walks in, doesn't say anything, and Sammy's just mm-hmm. like, was it the Ophes this time or the niggers? Yeah, because apparently Montrose gets his but beat fairly regularly. Yeah, <laughs> and like he and Sammy just lets him in, and Montrose just goes in, and they pretty much start immediately. Yeah, like Montrose doesn't say a word. He just starts unbuckling his pants. Then unbuckling his pants, and then Sammy turns around, and then like apparently Sammy's not Sammy doing it fast follows. enough. And Montrose reaches around and undoes his um his belt and pulls down his pants, and then like spits into his hand. Can was, we stop doing this? I was like, not I hate the, this so much. Oh my God, not the spit. Not, my notes literally say not the bang. <laughs> I really hate this because I remember seeing it. What broke back mountain? Yeah. And I was like, why why do we gotta do this? And what? I was like, well at least in Broken Mountain they were like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But we're in Sammy's house. I'm sure Sammy has some kind of moisturizing agent. At the very some least. Some kind Crisco. of lubricating agent. We don't have to do this. We don't have to live like this. And it wasn't just like a little bit of spit. Like it was a fucking loogie. Like nigga, you had to fucking hug. Oh, bro. <laughs> you gotta be holding that in for so long. So long. Because you don't even hear him, like, retch to pull it up. Yeah. It's just already there. And it's I'm like, like, oh, oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, of oh. all the things that grossed me out in that episode, of this episode, that was the one thing I was like, oh, 
and not because no, really, it was gay really, sex, uh, whatever. No, it was, it was the, the spit specifically. Like you spit in your hand and then lubed yourself up and then just went fucking rawhide into this man. <laughs> I was like, we can't get a little foreplay. Not, like, like nothing. Just Sammy in. deserves better. One hundred percent deserves better. And I was just like, because I am, you know, on my path to becoming a sex educator. And I'm just looking at this, I was just like, all of the lacerations in that man's okay. booty hole. The bruising. The soreness. Oh, my mm. God. Because <laughs> not only, you know, is it just a spit, but, like, the sex is violent yeah. in itself. Like, there's nothing tender about it. Yeah, it's, oh. Like, it's very violent. And it's because Montrose is just wanting to feel something different and trying to get this violence out of him, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, can we get a break? Like, you know, like he Sammy just killed Yahima. And, right, just killed Yahima. He murdered Yahima. And now we have this spitty, rough uh, sex scene. I was like, uh, can we get a little tenderness? <laughs> Can we get a little tenderness for the LGBTQ tenderness. people in this show, please? Right? I just need some, like, love and care. Right? I was just like, and you hear it in Sammy's voice that this hurts. Like, yeah. And this... then he, he, he refuses to kiss Sammy. Refuses to kiss him. Because Sammy goes to show him that love and tenderness. He's like, nah, he player. Yeah. He's like, no, right. He's like, no, we don't do that. But I will get on my knees. Right. And take your penis in my mouth. So I'll do that. Or, or, or as my friend Sharonda at Paraweight says, she he moisturized. <laughs> I mean, I usually call yeah. like blowjob sassy handshakes, but oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and I told my friends that and they were just like, "Excuse me." You never heard that one before. <laughs> it was like a sassy handshake, but. <laughs> Like, and that scene was just like, uh, I need, I personally, for me, because I am spoiled in, like, my gay media and seeing, like, loving relationships and loving sex between people of the same gender expression. Mm -hmm. I just want, like, the black queer people on this show to have, like, as good a sex as the heterosexual are having. Yes. Like, come on, y'all. Like, there's... like cause I, it made me think about uh, P Valley. Have uh-huh. you been watching that? I've seen the first episode of P Valley. My mom uh, I love fucking it. loves so that show. It's amazing. <laughs> I would highly recommend it. Uh, just you know, do the if you don't have stars, just do like the free trial, or whatever, and yeah. just watch all. And just mainline it, yeah. Yeah. So they have this character, Uncle Clifford, mm-hmm. who is non-binary, mm-hmm. and Uncle Clifford has a relationship. And they do have a sex scene. Mm-hmm. And it's not this rough, spitty thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> kind of like a denial uh, sex scene. Right. And and they also have a lot of other scenes that are just, like, super, like, romantic and tender and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm just like, dang, can we get, can we get that in here, please? Like, yeah, can we get that? Like, I, because I came up in the era, because I was in high school when Chorus Folk was originally airing. Mm -hmm. Still one of my favorite shows. And that was the first time that I have seen gay sex portrayed in very realistic terms. Like, are there the people Mm -hmm. who are out here having sex just to get their jollies? Yeah, that's straight people. Straight people are out here having sex just to get their jollies. Mm -hmm. And are there 
um, gay couples who are super affectionate and loving when they have sex? Absolutely. Like, the way the entire series ends is one of the most beautiful sex scenes I've ever seen. Because it's a parting of the two main characters that we followed for five seasons. And they and they have sex, like, as a last goodbye. And it is done so well. And I'm just like, why can't we get that? Like, yeah. why can't we think, get that? I mean, I, I understand why they made this decision for the character. Yeah. Uh, because it does fall in line with his character and what he's experiencing 100%, right now. 100%, yeah. I just feel like when it comes to more marginalized populations and groups, you need to be careful with your portrayal that it doesn't fall into stereotypes. Yeah. Or that you have more portrayals within your media. Yeah. To balance it. Yeah. Because that was also... So think, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, have, I have ingested a lot of gay media in my time. So much. Mm-hmm. It's actually... it's. <laughs> Like, okay, I, okay. I really have, like, it's, it's like my favorite genre. I mean, the fact you said ingested it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, okay. It's like, it's probably my favorite, like, quote-unquote genre of media. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if we're talking about Black queer people, there's the show Noah's Ark, which was, like, yeah. the first show to have four Black gay male leads, like, ever. And it was on Logo. Mm-hmm. It only lasted two seasons and a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they go through the journey of, like, you see, like, the two committed, like, gay relationships, like, long-term gay mm-hmm. relationships. And you see the hoe. <laughs> of course, he's light-skinned. <laughs> of course, he's the light-skinned one. Of course, the hoe is the light-skinned one. <laughs> and then you see, like, Noah, who's the title character, who is actually getting to a relationship for the first time with Mm -hmm. a man who is questioning whether he is straight or bi or gay and Mm -hmm. how loving they are and like and seeing black gay men black queer men like in loving relationships and like doting relationships yes and like and like seeing it's like how they sometimes like even though they've been together nurturing relationships nurturing relationships and how they still kind of maybe have a little crush on each other like that Yes, I'm, I love it. It's so if, if like listeners, if you get a chance, you can find it. I wish it were streaming. Noah's Ark. It is. I'm not saying it's the best acting thing in the world. I'm not saying it's the best written, <laughs> but there is something about it that is just like, oh yes, I needed this. My soul needed this. Yes. So yeah, like so. I believe. I believe in restorative love, y'all. Uh, yeah like oh yeah that was episode but anyway um so we have like this very like angry violent yeah sexy between montrose and sammy um and like and then we because i have it we go back to ruby's it's ruby's first day at marshall field yes and she like and and the fucking creepy mayonnaise man fucking kiss uh, kisses the back of her hand. Ew! I don't know you. And she kind of looks at him like, what? The fuck? Like, like, ew! You are too familiar. You are right. too familiar. And she's kind of like looking at the store, like she's surveying her domain. Yeah, you know? she's just like, I, Mama, I made it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Right. <laughs> and like, and she, and she hears, and she's like, and she goes over to talk to Tamara. Mm-hmm. And she started asking her all these questions, and I was just like, uh, Ruby, you're gonna be stank, aren't you? 
Well, she hears like these people kind of overhears people kind of complaining about Tamara and like yeah. how she's not at her station and like she might not be working hard enough or whatever. And then you realize and that people are like pawning off responsibilities on her. Yes, Tamara's coworkers are ordering her around, getting her to do their jobs if she were their own personal help. Yeah, it's just like that's not your job. That's not. I was like, what? You gotta what? That's not your job, Tamara. That that's not yeah. your job. She's like, well, she needed me to do this, and she asked me to do this, da, 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 da. and I'm like, what? You know, and um, she she tries to comfort Tamara, yeah. you know, like, you're not in trouble, whatever, and uh, she then says, you know, whatever they do, they can't take your education away from you. Yeah. And then Tamara's just like, oh, whatever a seventh grade education can provide, and Ruby's just like, scared. What? She's like, what? <laughs> Like kids could say, it's like you, <laughs> you, you did graduate high school. She was like, no, which is actually not uncommon for the time. No, it's not. Especially if you had to work and like you had to make money for your family or like make money for yourself so you work so you oh, could provide yeah. for yourself. Yeah, it's not. It's not uncommon. Uh, I, and you know, because a lot of places were segregated. Yeah. And black neighborhoods were, you know, left unattended by the government, ignored, you know, not given the funds. Yeah. So they might not have had a school or it would be like you said, they had to support the family. Yeah. And like, yeah, not having the school. I didn't even think of that. Like how your area, your district or whatever, probably did not have a high school and you couldn't go to the white high school. So after whatever grade, that's when you stopped going to school. Time to work. Yeah. Time to work. Uh, so you know Ruby finds out how she is so much less qualified and it irritates the shit out of her yeah she's like do you have any typing credentials any uh, did you take a such and such class at the Frederick Douglass Center she was like I didn't even know they had those right and I was just like oh so, so this is the like this is if you don't know where to look for things you would never you, you just don't even know that they're there you don't, never know that they're there and it's just like yeah. oh and it's also it's showing her fault. it's not her fault. It's also but, showing like how how even within like Ruby and Tamara kind of being the same socioeconomic status, how Ruby through tenacity or just being in the right place at the right time or just reading the right thing had more access to something that Tamara didn't, and how that yeah. gave her like something else. And then White Ruby tells Tamara that her hands are ashy. <laughs> And like slams the lotion on the counter. I was just like, "Why you gotta be stank, Ruby? That's not her fault. <laughs> right? It's not her. Well, because Ruby, Ruby is this bootstrapper, black yeah. exceptionalism, you know, whatever. And it's like, Ruby has spent so much time taking all these classes and putting in a resume and blah blah blah. And this girl just walked in with a seventh grade education and applied on a whim. Applied on a whim and got the job that Ruby that Ruby dreamed yeah. of. Yeah, just like yeah. girl, girl. <laughs> And sometimes it bees like that. Sometimes it just is what it is. And like, but yeah. that's not how Ruby sees it right now. She's in but her here's hands. the thing. So this is what I was thinking about, like why they would, even if Ruby had applied, if they had applied at the same time, mm-hmm. they I don't they wouldn't have hired Ruby. Yeah. Uh, Ruby is too big. Yeah. Right. He's dark. Skin. Tamara's a Tamara's a thin girl. Yeah. Tamara's maybe like a shade lighter. Yeah. Than Ruby, right? Uh, Tamara has a seventh grade education. She doesn't know, yeah. Ruby, Ruby has all these different, you know, classes that she's taken. Yeah. Right? To try and prove herself. They're gonna do 
what that sheriff did to Tick in episode one. I think, oh, she can, she's smart. Yeah. She's smart. And they probably would have, over time, like, broken her down to the point where she had to leave. They would, I just don't think they would even hire her at all. Yeah. They wouldn't want her out front. If they did hire her, it would be an exercise in what can we do to push, like... Break this girl. Yeah. Break this girl. Like... And... You know, Tamara, I don't know if Tamara's younger than Ruby. She possibly. Might be. She might be. Um, but this is also why this Paul Hughes hired her. Yeah. Because they felt like it, she would be easier to control. Yeah. 100% easier to control. But not realizing that even if, you know, she doesn't have a, she's not super educated, she doesn't have all these skills, she is still a person who still, like, yeah has a right. sense of self it can still be like oh no i'm not comfortable especially right. outside of work especially outside of work like but they just they just wanted to tick a box yeah they just want to tick a box and she was the easiest person to get into to take that box right and ruby yeah and ruby was just if ruby presented herself as herself like they wouldn't hire her because she's she would know better like all these people all these white counter girls are pushing tamra around because tamra really doesn't know any better right but right. ruby but like ruby's that girl in the job who like you know who's the shop steward if you're a part of reunion like she like she knows the employee handbook backwards and forwards like she she's that woman who comes in knowing all of this stuff already and mm-hmm. so you can't put anything over on her because she she's smarter than you <laughs> yeah she's smarter than you so she mm-hmm. can't be taken advantage of as easily Right, but then we see all the uh, white shop girls in the in the break are, room, like in the stock room or something. Yeah, trying on the merchandise. Oh my god, I would have been fired. Are you kidding? Right, and they've been back there for thirty minutes. Are you serious? You know, my first uh, job was a retail the only job. person who's out there has to be Tamara right now. <laughs> right now, and they're just like, oh, we can leave her out there. She was like, she can't handle six counters by herself. Right? Like, what? It, what? It's just like, anybody who's worked retail knows that your manager or your supervisor will literally count down the seconds until your break is over. And if you're okay. like five seconds late, they're just like, where were you? What were you doing? Right. I was timing you. I was, yeah. Like, Ugh. I actually did have a job once pull me into the office with HR because they said I was taking my bathroom breaks for too long. I'm in the back. Girl, bitch. Fuck out of my face. But uh, White Ruby asked the other girls about Paul, about like if he had ever tried getting fresh with them. Yeah. And they all laugh and they're like, oh, he's too much of a family man. Yeah, like, Mr. Milk Toast, please go. Mr. Norman Walkwell painting, he would never. Mm-hmm. And then they start listening to the radio and I think like Tutti Fruity comes on. Tutti Fruity by Pat Boone. Oh, God, th- listen. That Which is, clip... like, the most flavorless cover oh my god, you have ever heard. If you've ever and seen... that's Pat Boone, got how he got his career started. With yeah, it was covering, covering black songs. At the time, they called race. race records. Yeah, covering race records. That's how Pat Boone, you know... And lots of white artists. Really. Oh, 100%. But, like, if you've ever seen that clip of the made-for-TV movie about Little Richard, and he's doing Tutti Fruity, and Leon's playing him, and then they cut to like the white people doing it. This is exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> this is like when I took because I'm also kind of like a music nerd and especially like pop music, pop music nerd on top of it. Like this was standard practice. Like mm-hmm. they because 
because uh, black records or race records were not allowed to be played on radio stations widely anyway. So if you want to hear the, you know, the new happening song, a white person had to cover it before like the audience at the white audience at large could hear it. And like I got, and they made lots of money, lots of and money. Didn't pay the black artists. Did not at all. And like, don't even get me started. It was just their right to steal the music. It was yeah. just their right to do this, you know. Yeah, and like, and don't get me started on if a black artist even got a record deal. Oh. That's a whole nother podcast. It really is. And like, <laughs> and that's why I love, and that's why I kind of love the payola scandal so much. It's like my favorite scandal in music history. <laughs> But like that's why I love it so much. But anyway, we're not. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. We can't get sidetracked. <laughs> but they they turn that on and they're like, "Come on, Hillary, let's cut a rug." <laughs> and so, uh, you know, she dances, and of course, it's Ruby. So Ruby can dance. Ruby, you know? Ruby moving them hips, moving them, checking and them. They're all hips. like super impressed. It's like, oh my god, like you can dance. Like we should go to the South Side. Yes, they were like, maybe Tamara will take us to the south side, you know, and it'll be like a safari, because black people are animals. Uh, obviously. Right. And this one girl, Barbara, because uh, um, Hillary, Hillary Ruby, yeah, brings up Tamara. Yeah. And Barb says that she hopes there aren't any more Tamaras in the place. And Hillary responds by saying, well, at least I just hope they'll be more qualified. Mm-hmm. And Barb says, well, of course she's unqualified. She's a Negro. So she's unqualified based on just on the fact that she's black, black. not on the actual fact that she is actually not qualified. Fine. Yeah. Throw and in so this blows. Is, this, is, this is, we see Ruby seeing behind the veil of whiteness, how yeah. white people talk uh, to each other about each other and also to each other about black people, what they yeah. think about black people. And this is, I don't think this was something that she was prepared to have to deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, and just see just completely, you know, unguarded. Right? Yeah. Just unguarded white whiteness. Mm-hmm. I can even say like white people. And also, I know we have like white listeners. Listen, we don't hate y'all. No. <laughs> we don't hate y'all. We just hate the system that has made whiteness this thing. We hate patriarchal white supremacy. Yeah. Maria said it more eloquently than I could, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sociology was my major. This is like my thing, right? (laughs) uh, And then somebody like gasped at Barb because they're like, oh my God, they're allowing you to say that. And she's like, what? At least I use the the more civilized term, right? It's like, but girl, but you could use nice words. Give me a cookie for not calling her a nigger. Yeah. It's like, you can use the nice words, but the sentiment is still the same. Right. Just say Uh, the word you want to say at that point. Again, to me, it just very much says this is Northern racism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. This is racism with a smile. Right. And it also reminds me of a lot of, uh, you know, people who claim to be liberal or claim to be uh, not for racism or whatever, or white people who claim that they're not racist will say things um that are racist yeah and they'll be like but i didn't call anybody a name it's like but you don't have like, to that's not that's not the part but, that makes the racism yeah the sentiment is still the same the ideology right. behind it is still the same my god 
And it's like, it's also like how many people, because this comes up later in the episode in a very subtle way if you, if you didn't notice it, but how many people are out here with like half black, half Hispanic, half Asian children and are racist as a motherfucker? Mm, so, oh, right? <laughs> Girl? <laughs> how, how many of us like, and also side note, Candace Owens is pregnant. What? Listen, that, that pray for that baby. Pray for that baby. That's a whole other podcast. Pray for that baby. Pray for that black Woo. baby. Baby. Right. <laughs> and uh, Hillary talks about, you know, because they ask about going to the South Side. Yeah. And Hillary's like, I don't know why you want to go there. It's not like particularly special because that's where Ruby's live are. Yeah. Like, it's like just it's not... a neighborhood like any other neighborhood. Yeah. Right. And they are all like scandalized. They can't believe she was. Like, You've been there before with all of those people. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, calm down, calm, calm your white. How did you make it out of there alive? Right, you know, how, how did you make it out of there unravaged and not soiled by the Negroes? <laughs> like, calm down. Um, but, oh my god, like that, I had to laugh at the ridiculousness of it. It's just like, mm-hmm. y'all, it is just a neighborhood. Like, when I tell people that I'm from Southeast D.C., they're like, what? It's just like, yeah, I'm from the fucking hood. Bro, just because we, we moved on up to the east side doesn't mean <laughs> I don't come from, like, it's, it is just a neighborhood. Like, right. it, it lacks resources because, you know, America don't care about black people. But <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> right. Um, it's still just a neighborhood. And like but even parts of the South Side that we've seen in the show, it's a pretty nice neighborhood. Yeah, it's just where the black people live. But people yeah. tend to forget like they have all these really great shops and stores, and people are dressed really well. And yeah, you know, and it's, it's like not even the hood. Like it's not it's not even the hood. Like and I and like and I prep and I said that was from the hood because we are in we are seeing a time of black community, and I don't say black prosperity, but like black insularness before civil rights before vietnam and specifically before crack so we're seeing black people after reformation and just honestly just trying to make survive. it just trying to survive and make it and have a community have a safe space because that's what i remember most about growing up in a black neighborhood just like it was a safe place and like mm-hmm. yeah and just having a safe place for their kids can grow up and not have to fear like their not parents feel looked at. Yeah, with like everybody looks like you, so there's nothing to there's nothing special about you. Nobody's like gawking at you. No, exactly. Like they're like you're in a fucking zoo. Like right. <sighs> they they're all scandalized. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god, you've been to the south side. Ah, we should get yeah, Tamara to take alive. us. Oh my god. Wait, but y'all still want to go? Like but you also want to fucking go? But you're gonna drag this innocent black girl. Because you know you can't get in without the credentials, i.e. her. Right. To get into this fucking bar. Make her do all your work. Right. Talk shit Vouch about her. for you, even though she don't and like none of y'all. her to get into this bar to go on safari. Yeah. It was like, even though y'all don't like her and she don't like none of y'all. But she's like, she's like your ticket into this other world. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And something you could tell your grandkids. Because you're still under the impression that the world would be the way in the future as it is now. And it's an adventure to it's go to a yeah. neighborhood, girl. Like, right? It's like, but I'm sure this triggered so many people who work in, in corporate America, so many black people. Oh, my like, God. With, you know, in white 
majority spaces because yeah. this is very realistic. Listen, I worked for a hardcore Christian in a, a cookie food truck, and when and when I showed up, he was shocked because he was just like, "Huh." It was like, I mean, he was like, "Oh," and he just outright said he was like, "Thought you were a petite little white girl, but that's fine." Because <laughs> of my voice, I'm a I I guess I sound like a white person. Don't know, but like, right? <laughs> like, it's just that whole thing of just like, and also the code switching. And like, oh yes, yeah, and that's also another element. We don't see it as much in this episode. I'm pretty sure we're gonna see it at some point. Um, I mean, this is like code switching to the nth degree. The nth degree, <laughs> because, you know, like her entire body has changed. Like, like her entire body, her entire body has code switched. You know? <laughs> but and then, uh, yeah, uh, William shows up. And those white women are what shook. Like mm-hmm. they're I don't know if you've seen that that video of them two women sitting in the car eating pancakes. And like it's these two white women sitting in the car, they're like pouring stuff on their pancakes and both of them go like, ooh, and then one goes and something like that make a pussy throb, don't it? Oh my god, no, I had not. <laughs> it's, it's great. That's, that's how I feel about breakfast food. So <laughs> But both of them are just like enjoying their fucking McDonald's uh, pancake platter, and like, and that's how those white women were when they saw William. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just like pulled up with that with that convert that sky blue baby blue convertible. Bitch, he look good. He looks so good. And it's like he's with you only when he behaves. I was like, you better, bitch, like, you better yes! work. I love it. <laughs> you better fucking work. You better make these white demons jealous. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. Oh, and he's just standing there just like, yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my lady. Yeah, just like, Who oh. Who right? Who? And he, he asked her, he's like, do you not want me to kiss you when you're, you know. Yeah, because he goes to, like, yeah, because he goes to kiss her, like, put on a show and she, like, tilts her head. And he says goodnight to the ladies, and that one tall one is just like gawking. He's like, "Girl, go somewhere. Right? <laughs> Close your mouth. You ain't ready. Yeah, like you ain't. You're not ready for all this jelly because William is a lot of jelly. <laughs> because there's a lot there. <laughs> right. But well, uh, if he actually asked him, would you rather kiss me like this or like yes. normally? It's just like, it's like and he says, "I want to kiss whatever you want me to kiss." of gray please right i was like william you're like the personification of like white evil like and this is how i die right? this is how i die this is, this is how i go gently into that good night like i will will i like i will willingly die in the arms of this fucking white man <laughs> and i don't know what that says about me <laughs> they call me a white man's whore <laughs> <laughs> that's me that's the- oh my goodness <laughs> when he dro- when he dropped that line i literally had to pause live tv and give myself a moment did you yes i was like don't be dropping lines like that sir don't threaten me yeah. with a good time okay like bitch how dare you 
Now I gotta deal. I gotta deal with Tick being shirtless every episode, disrespecting me. And now you smooth as peanut butter, right? What well, just casual walking up here, not missing a fuck. Fuck you. Add add mm-hmm. William to the fuck you list. Fuck you. <laughs> and see, yes, and this is why I keep saying, like, I think they really, really like Ruby. I I think because they had no reason to do any of this like at this. all. At all. They, they had no reason they, to give her this they opportunity. They go out of their way to do these things for Ruby. And to protect and I know her. it's part of, like, the game to try and seduce her or whatever. Yeah. But, like, there's definitely some extra going on. Here. Yeah. Like, Chrysalum, like, likes <laughs> Ruby. Like, like, probably more than I think they realize. Yeah. That they like Ruby. I think Ruby. they're taken by surprise as well. Yeah. And, like, and I was just like talking to people about the show, and I was just like, "Is it is it sad that I want Ruby and William to be together, even though Ru- William might not be real? Because <laughs> Ruby deserves more, but William might be that more, even though he is not real." No. Uh, why can't Ruby get like? Has, hasn't wanted a person who was not real, so. right? I mean, listen. Ages 12 to 17, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, he rolled, when he dropped that, ooh, that was, that was too much. <laughs> ah! Ah, ah, fuck William. I mean, I like him. But he, he's, he calls in that favor, he says. He calls he in that favor. And he's like, oh, there's and a man. present for you. And she's just like, oh. And she opens it up and it's a maid's outfit. She was it's, like. It's this beautiful box, this beautiful silver box. With flowers with on it. And like flowers on it. And it's a fucking maid's outfit. She looked, at, she looked at him like, nigga. She ought to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, how dare you bring this to me on the day of my daughter's wedding? How <laughs> fucking dare you? <laughs> in front of my salad? In front of my salad? Like. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that uh, that scene was a journey. Yeah. Don't butter me up to just fucking pop my balloon. To do this. To right. do this. Like, uh. God damn it, William. I still like him now. Yeah, me too. That's a really like him. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a, such a fucking problem. And then we cut to Ruby at the lodge mm-hmm. handing out devil eggs and it has an attitude has a stank face the whole time can't blame I her blame <laughs> I don't blame her because she's she's literally holding it holding the tray like she's chewing gum going what right what do you, you want, want? you want what? some and also she's she's serving the the nastiest food of all time, which is deviled eggs, to me personally. Wow, slander! I love deviled eggs. Thank you. Uh, when they're at the lo- when Ruby is serving at the lodge, there's a lot of crosstalk in the background. Yeah. So I had to like pause several times just to make sure I was hearing everything they were saying because you actually pick up a lot in yeah. what people are saying in the background in this scene. Uh, you hear these men saying, "You could see that the captain's accomplishments were a way to immortality." You know, and somebody says, but initiation must remain exclusive. Yeah. And then there's a reply. Perhaps he's recovered Horatio's stolen pages. And uh, the and now and then we also see the captain talking about how he's going to take the reins of this social club. Yeah. And that's all like every like, she's moving about the party. She's hearing different 
pieces of the conversation so we get like half like but she doesn't even really know what these conversations are about right at all ruby doesn't know anything about the sons of adam doesn't know anything about horatio winthrop doesn't know anything about that house at all or these papers Uh, um yeah and she so she's just cutting around these deviled eggs just like uh he got this white man got me out here out of here (laughs) this white man captain lancaster snaps at her you know over here i hate that oh my god not stand it i have like Ooh, I see people do that. I see people do that at restaurants, and I have death glared somebody from across the room. Don't do that. That is so dehumanizing. That person is not a it dog. Really is. Like, exactly. to, you're not telling them to like get. Sh- ooh, I, ooh, I can't stand. Like, ooh. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Ugh. But like, so Ruby goes to the back kitchen after she gets snapped at, and the the amount of like restraint it took her not to punch that man in the face okay Ooh, but she goes to the back kid she's like where the hell is this bitch at right because william told her that she would need to meet christina yeah and so christina just taps on the window it's just like the bitch is right here hi right (laughs) so she she walks out and um and she's like you're supposed to be here an hour ago and Christina's just like, well, William does love a forceful woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's like, so what do you need me to do? She's like, it's pretty simple, really. Just put this in the captain's. She hands, uh, Christina hands Ruby this, like, medallion? Or amulet? Amulet or something like that. Um, this is put in the captain's office. She was like, Captain? Yeah, and it's got, like, this uh, symbol on it from, yeah. like, the language of Adam. And it also, part of that symbol also shares a part with uh, William's tattoo. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, and and Ruby's just like, oh, you're trying to get me killed. William ain't mm. say nothing about no cops. Mm. In the back of her mind, I know she's going, that's why I get fucking with white people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Every damn time. Right. And Ruby like goes to turn away, and Christina like grabs her by the arm, yeah, the, the arm, uh, which is my favorite trope in in K dramas. <laughs> Wait, uh, <laughs> lots of wrist grabbing. Um, but you can see Ruby like like questioning it, and yeah. I don't think it's like that she's necessarily shocked that Christina is touching her in this way. Yeah, but I think she's like, this feels familiar. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh. Ain't got time mm-hmm. to think about that right now. We'll revisit that later. <laughs> like, right. uh. um, and then Christina tells the story, which we don't know if it's real or fake or not. Um, that you know, Captain Lancaster uh, thinks this is his lodge, and actually, William is the rightful heir to it. And he killed William, shot him in the back, and threw him in like a river. And he thinks he succeeded. Well, she didn't say that that. He killed William. So he shot him. He killed William. He thinks he killed William. Right. And you know he thinks he succeeded at the job, and um, and so like this will help get William his rightful place at the lodge back. And so of course Ruby already has because uh, Christina asked him is like, do you have any feelings for? Do you care about William beyond the, the opportunity he's given you? And what he can do for you. And Ruby does. 
she kind of she kind of has a soft spot for William a little yeah. bit, as we all do, because again, hi, yeah. actor who plays William, you I can mean, cut, you can, you can shimmy that little narrow behind right over here. <laughs> and not only is he fine, but like he's supporting right? her and you, like wants to do whatever she wants to right? do, and like also is like you can come stay in my mansion. That's my question: is like, does Ruby live there now? And like. I'm just gonna like leave this wad of what it has to be thousands of that dollars. That was at least two thousand dollars. You want cash. it? <sighs> I mean, okay. yeah, right? Like, and like, and Ruby does. So she was like, "So put this in his office." If, like, essentially, like, do this if you care about William. Because before that, we we see Letty in the oh, that's right with the pictures of the pages that she right. had taken, and Tick is asleep and dreaming, and he sees his ancestor yes, Hannah, Hannah who yeah. had escaped uh, Titus running away with the presume what well, we presume is the yes. book of life and the the mansion is on fire and this time Tick is dressed up yeah. rather nicely um, he's got a little blood on him and he's running after her and she turns around and she says something to him that yeah. he can't hear and now I rewound this like several times trying to read her lips same <laughs> and the only thing I was able to get was that she says Titus the first word she says is Titus yeah. Uh, but he then catches on fire uh, in his dream. Yeah. And he wakes up. So I was like, what does this mean? Like, is he maybe what getting too close? Is he, like, kind of reliving what Titus got went through? Not sure. Uh, girl, who knows with this show? <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out. We're going to find out. I mean, there are people um, still holding out hope that Uncle George is alive. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think so. And I'm given not. this show, girl, he might be. No, in this show. I, don't, I just don't <laughs> think so. Uh, but Atticus is, you know, trying to decipher the language of Adam, and he's figured out the runes on his ring are his initials, and that his, and he, he talks about how his middle yeah. name is Samson. And they also are looking at some of the pages, and they find out that the symbol, which is the same symbol that was on the little amulet that Christina mm-hmm. gave to Ruby, is for protection. Yes. Is a protection symbol. And... Um, and also, yeah, like I said, it shares a little bit of a resemblance to William's uh, branding. And Letty is going on about, wow, I can't believe Montrose let me yeah. go. And Atticus is about to let her believe it, but then he's like, no. No, I have to tell her. her. I have to yeah. tell her. And so he tells her, you know, he did not just let Yahima go. He got rid of her, like, he got rid of Yahima, like, he got rid of the papers. Yeah. And, and poor and Letty. It, it, it just absolutely shakes her to her core. Yeah, and uh, she just starts decrying, you know, the these pages as evil and corruptive, and we have to get rid of them. And these are the devil's tools, and these, right, and it kind of reminded me of Audrey Lord's "The Master's Tools Will Never Dismantle the Master's House." Master's house. Yeah, this is literally um, that. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, is literally that. But like the thing is, are these even the master's tools? True. Like, I Did- I do not believe Titus in like. His ancestors came up with these no. magics. You know what I'm no. saying? Yeah. Um, this, this is this is an ancient language, probably started by brown people. Definitely somebody brown. One hundred percent. As somebody yeah. pointed out, there are no white people in the Bible. Next. Sure. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, and um, he just kind of he just kind of he tells her the truth, you know. But he he's yeah. also saying to her that. 
it's these are tools and it's all about how we use the tools yeah like, we can we protect our people protect our people we're not trying yeah. to hurt anybody yeah and then letty's just like but look what your father did to try and protect you right he killed yahima trying he, to protect you he killed a person although nobody asked him to do that and nobody mm-hmm. wanted that and nobody wanted that thought it was a good decision was him like yep you know, like, and that relationship is basically destroyed. Like, they are never going to speak again. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not, unless some real big happens. Yeah. In the season finale. Like, really? they're, like they're not, no. They're not talking yeah. again. And this is where we get back to Ruby planting the amulet. Yeah, so she plants the amulet in the captain's drawer. And I completely forgot about that scene with, like, Letty and Atticus in the dark room. Well, um, I don't blame you, because this scene is kind of like, whoa! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, and it sounds weird, but like, Letty and Atticus seem super out of place in this episode because they're not the lead. The focus, in this yeah, the, no. they're not the focus in this episode. So like, but like, Ruby to me has never felt out of place, but like, Letty and Atticus one hundred percent felt out of place in this episode. Like, there's that like their stuff probably could have been moved to like the next episode, <laughs> and like if it was stretched over anyway. Um, but so Ruby puts the amulet in the drawer and she hears like moaning and she's just like, what is that? And she opens up the same closet that Christina looked in when she went to go confront Captain Lancaster, when she was looking for the orrery. There's a person hanging in either in a state, either a stage of decomposition or has just been cut a lot and is like we bleeding just see from the mouth. stitches all over his neck. Yeah. His face and he's bleeding from the mouth. Yeah. And Looks very Ruby wretches. Yeah, Ruby wretches. She's just like, oh my god. And she's about to leave, but then she hears like some people come and she's like, fuck. But she gets it <laughs> she gets in the closet with this man and puts a hand over his mouth to stifle his scream his moaning. Because he's like moaning at her. Yeah. Probably trying to say something, but Bro, your mouth is full of blood, so we can't really understand you. I'm sorry and about also, that. This is not the time. This is not also this is not the time. And so she's like keeps trying to suppress vomiting. Like <laughs> she's retching the whole time. Poor Ruby. And like and the captain and his lackeys essentially are mm-hmm. um are talking and we fi- and we later see that it's the same dudes who came to confront um Christina. We're watching mm-hmm. Christina's house. But anyway. Um, and they're like talking and the, and the captain is talking about having like kiss somebody's ass. This is right from his lodge and he has to talk to these dusty old white men. And he's like, get me a, get me a shirt. I'm sweating like a pig. And he takes off his shirt. Yeah. And he like. He also says that, uh, that he, he also confirms that he's not a member yet. Yeah. And he wants to get those Horatio's pages. Yeah. Orrery. And they go and get him that shirt. Yeah, and he takes off his shirt, and like, that's not his skin on his chest. No, and I can't decide if it's like skin grafted onto him. That's what it looked like. His head and his arms have been transferred to a black body. Girl, it might be. I I'm not sure which it is because you don't really get to see it that well. Yeah, but because uh, we're remember... mostly looking out, we're mostly looking at him. As the if you're inside the closet with Ruby yeah. and this dude. But, like, but if you go back to episode three, like, one of the bodies, one of the ghost bodies didn't have a head. 
and there was a lot of mutilation so i was like yeah and some of them didn't have arms and so very well could have been like one of definitely definitely one of Epstein's experiments for sure yeah like this captain or whatever died and they just like well let's get him a random black body and let's let's resurrect this white man which is also another H.P. Lovecraft thing because he wrote the story that inspired the movie Reanimator. Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, and when so, the guy like, in the closet hears him talk about the orrery, yeah, he goes, he, like, he's, he moans right. louder. And Ruby's right. just like, if you don't shut up, shut the fuck up, fuck up, right. like, bruh. And like, and Ruby's just like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I know. Like, I'm thinking the exact same thing. Like, what I mean, the fuck is this? <laughs> it's been quite a day. You it's know? been quite is, a day. This is all the same day. <laughs> this is all, oh my god, this is all the same day. She started her new job, and now she's in a closet with this bleeding dude. This is so much. Yeah. <laughs> this is so much. And so I like I have in my notes it's just like a decaying body in the closet. Who is he? <laughs> well, the the guys who are outside talking to Lancaster, one of them refers to him as Zenon. Yeah. Z E N O N E. Yeah. And apparently he stole some loot. And they're like his they're like, is he gonna talk about the loot he stole? And Captain Lancaster says, He'll talk soon enough. The dead always do. do. So Which tells me that dead? he has a Necronomicon. Yeah. So th- is this dude dead or is he about to be dead? About to be dead. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, as like, is the loot, do they think he took the Ori? I don't know. I don't think so. Because Captain Lancaster says that, you know, um, Christina wants the Ori so bad, they'll let her bring it to them. Yeah, yeah. They he don't say know that. where the Ori is. They don't know what yeah. Horatius' pages are. Yeah, N- you know none of that. Uh, oh, Hippolyta, you in danger, girl. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Hippolyta has the Ori. Um, and so we cut to um, Ruby is back in the store. Ruby's back at work. Um, and Tamara's like kind of messing things up. A little bit, but she's a little stressed because everybody keeps potting off their jobs on her, and yeah. she says, and "I'm as much. sure like none of them have been helpful in like training her at all, at all." And so Ruby's just like, "What are you doing?" And she was like, "Oh, I was just like, you know." She was like, "No, no, you have to have this. Has to be this way." And then she goes into her whole speech of just like, "You want to be a credit to your race?" I was just like, "Hmm." <laughs> Like you have to be like you know the the speech essentially we all get yeah. as black children into yeah. black adulthood. Yeah, she's like you can't you can't be mediocre. You're and she's like I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm trying to do my best. And she's like, well, your best isn't good enough. You have to be better than mediocre because white folks are more fucked up than you can possibly imagine. And they have got shit you ain't even you can't even heard of. Like, and I'm that like, is a word. Tamara has to be so confused right now. So confused right now. Like, what the hell is this crazy white bitch talking about? But I can't say that because she's my boss. Right. (laughs) But what is this white woman going on about? Is she trying to warn me? Is she trying to scare me? Is she threatening me? Right. 
Is she? What is she like? What? Is she okay? Like. <laughs> and they begin to, to to attract attention. Yeah. And, and then uh, Mr. Hughes comes up. He was mm-hmm. like, "Hillary, is everything okay here?" And she's just like, "Everything's fine, actually." Tamara has agreed to take us to the South Side tonight after work. Right. And Tamara. And Tamara's just like, "What?" Right. I said, "What?" <laughs> I said, "What?" Yeah. I didn't say it, but she smiles. But she right. smiles because you know, wants to she keep asks, her job. Wants to keep her job. And so we cut to the drag queens. Yes. And we, we get some Brittany Green. Yeah, we're at Brittany Green at Sammy's place, and we get some notable drag queens in this episode. We get Shangela and Monet Exchange. Um, drag queen to my mom loves so much because she's a huge <laughs> Drag Race fan. Oh, she's such a Drag Race fan! Oh my gosh, she talks to me about the show I do not watch. <laughs> I have not watched Drag Race because I am not a fan of RuPaul. Because RuPaul does not like black people mm, or trans people or trans people, and that's so like that. yeah. But there is a show on HBO called This Is Us. Yes. That's really, really excellent. And Shangela, Bob the Drag Queen. I can't remember the other guy, the other drag queen's name. I always forget um, because my mom watched that show too. She loves drag queens. It's so good. It's so good. But, um, and so it turns out that Sammy is a drag queen. Yes. And his and drag name is Sassy Sarah Vaughn. Yeah, I love it. I, <laughs> I love Sarah Vaughn. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Sarah Vaughn fan. Um, I just love the musicality of her voice and everything. I just love her. Yeah. So I was like, yes, perfect. Yes. And then they're also talking about how Sammy and Montrose haven't kissed. Like, girl, how do you know that? I mean, well, you know, friends, Gab, you tell all your it's business. Us. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you to see your friends. Um, and fun fact, one of the drag queens in this scene is actually Daryl Stevens from Noah's Ark. Um, if any of listeners ever watched Noah's Ark, he was the lead character Noah. Um, and he was the um, the drag queen with the bob wig and like the green dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh, hi, Daryl, because <laughs> <laughs> um, he posted on his IG. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to the country. Yeah. <laughs> and because, I uh, a bunch of uh, Lovecraft Country was filmed out here in Georgia. Yeah, uh, in several different locations. So like when we see White Ruby walking down the street for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's down. That I know exactly where that is. <laughs> it's in this district called the Fairly Poplar District, because mm-hmm. um, that's where they have the sidewalks like that. And then there's also like this kind of stretch of road where you would be able to have like these old, these older looking buildings oh, okay. uh, to do like these, you know, these older shop fronts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so they did that there as well. And like I know what park they were in. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> all this stuff. We don't have anything like that in DC. I mean, we do, but it's usually like a political thriller. Oh, and well, like, then also, and like the the store that's supposed to be Marshall Fields mm-hmm. is this place called Capitol Grill. It's right on Georgia State's University campus. Oh, okay. So, like, I used to pass by there every day, and like, so <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I know that. And is. I had, yeah, it's so it's it's just fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like so all the drag queens are like, you know, they're gabbing and this, that and the other and like, you know they say that Sammy and Montrose have been kissed and Montrose is like sitting in the chair silent while Sammy is trying to like put makeup on him to cover up his bruise yeah, and stuff like that. The black 
but you got you also got a swollen eye. Ain't no right. Extreme. Ain't no Mac swollen makeup girl. shut. What? Swollen shut. Ain't no Mac makeup gonna fix that, bro. Mm-mm. Sorry. <laughs> um, but everybody's getting ready. Um, Sammy especially, and then like he starts. I think talking. Sammy is the mother. Apparently, someone. I think he <laughs> is. Cause he clapped. I, I'm not even sure if they actually had houses like that back then, but that's what he. Uh, said. actually, they did, but we'll get to that. They later. did. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. So like, so Sammy's talking about how he's gonna premiere this new dance with mm-hmm. um his other fellow drag queens, and he's he has like this like this gold cape with like roses, individual mm-hmm. gold roses on it. Yeah. And he's, he's in this great red dress. Headlines. Yeah. Um, has this great red dress on. Um, and is like seductively telling the story towards Montrose. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, at that moment, I was just like, listen, if I were a different kind of girl, Sammy could get it. <laughs> like, Sammy looks good. He looks so good. Like, in the way, like, he moved, I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. I see you. I see you, Sarah Vaughn. I see you. Mm-hmm. Like, I see and, you yeah, and all of them are just like, who, girl, it's hot here. Because he's, like, doing this at Montrose. And, like, yeah, kind of seducing he, Montrose. Kind of reworking the newscaster report that we heard before about these yeah. locusts. And so Sammy's talking about fresh from ravaging you know, uh, England, England. they were talking about <laughs> how the locusts were going to England and everything. Yeah. And, you know, telling, like you were saying, telling the story of Mount Rose with this cape, just being just like so showy and like seductive and like, you know, performing. Yeah. And talking about how they're going to swarm the Chicago ball. Yeah. You know, like these locusts and win all the trophies. And, you know, like it's going to be called the, what do you say, Locasta Migratoria. Yeah. Yeah. Locasta Maratoria. Mm-hmm. And they like, are listening to Tutti Fruity by Little Richard. Yes. And it, it, sh- it shows you, like, the different, like, hanging out and, like, hangout session that these two different groups have. Mm-hmm. And, like, and these drag queens who are performing femininity, high levels of exaggerated femininity. And the white women who were in the stockroom trying on merchandise. And their also femininity. Performing femininity and like, also performing femininity because they were trying off for coats and heels and stuff like that. Right. And, and the stiletto just, was new that year. You know? Yeah. And like, and how they are pretty much, how they're pretty much the same, right. different. Lots of similarities. 100% similarities. And how like they're gabbing and they're gossiping and they're like, you know. But the reasons are so different. The reasons are yeah. so different. Well, one is one is just to to gawk at and make fun of Tamara, it's Mara. The other one with Sammy, and just and, because they have access to these things, so you can just yeah, this, you know. yeah. And for Sammy and his um, and his fellow queens, it's like this is the place we congregate to get ready and also, you know, strengthen numbers. Yeah, and be they ourself can't, and, like, yeah. uh, you know, be able to express ourselves in the way that we desire within, you know, safer. Yeah, uh, and there's no judgment here, and this is this is family. Right. Yeah. So, as, as, as like, and I love that scene. I love that whole scene. I love yeah, it's so great. I was just like, oh, the people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we 
go we are to... down at Denmark Vessie's bar with Tamara and the girls. Yeah. And Hillary, like, you know, and all of them are like, I mean, like we see, like we follow like this kid going in. He's like, you know, he daps up like the, the doorman and we see like these black people just cutting up and having a good fucking time. And, you know, this and the other. And then we go to like a table that is devoid of joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is devoid of joy. And like, and Tamara's just doing shots. That poor girl. Like, <laughs> that she does poor not girl. She, be there. she is just knocking them back. It's like, like, I don't like any of you people. Any of you. You and like, and you besmirched my reputation by making you and bring you me. You made me bring you down bring here. You here. Like, to my neighborhood bar. Ugh. So embarrassed. <laughs> so embarrassed. And Ruby and Ruby is also, or Hillary, white Ruby, is also not happy either. Because she's just like, yeah, this is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, her other white coworkers, like one in particular is like staring at the black men, like, ooh, like yeah. fetishizing them and everything. Yeah, and I then, was like, white woman, if you don't put your eyes back on your own paper. I'm like, ooh. And then uh, one of them takes Tam. They call her Tam. They call okay. her Tam. I did not give you permission to shorten my name. Tamara is not calling any of those white women any nicknames. At all. And I also did not give you permission to shorten my name. Okay. But you know. <laughs> whatever. I know. So uh, they pick her up and they, they ask her to show show them the bunny hop mambo. I have no idea what that is. That's not a thing. Just call us jungle bunnies, because that's what you really want. To say. Girl, just call me a moon cricket, shit. Girl, like, and Hillary's disgusted by like the world, this world of whiteness that she's oh yeah been witness to. One hundred percent. And they all get up and start dancing, and and Mr. Hughes is just like, you come in, and he's just like, and Ruby's just like, I'll be right behind. Yeah. And she goes to the back of the bar and breaks out of that white woman suit. Mm-hmm. And, and that's she has the, fir- the potion in her hand. Yeah, uh, but she breaks it because she doesn't. She doesn't want to be in this skin anymore. It's just she, been, at it's, all. it's been gross for her. Yeah, uh, and that's a, and it's also the first wants time. To be herself. Right. Yeah, it's also, it's also the first time we actually see how she breaks out <laughs> of this skin. Right. Who? How she literally sheds this. She literally sheds it. She's right. covered in blood. Like. And this time it's much easier for her, right? Yeah, because she's done it enough times it's not as painful. It's still exhausting, but it's not as painful. Um, And so she, like, sheds this white woman's skin. It's, like, falling off of her. Yeah. Um, And I'm, I'm, like, thinking, what if this was, like, what Sailor Moon was actually doing? And the transformation <laughs> that we saw was, like, just in her mind. <laughs> it was really in, the world, happening. in the real world it's all this body horror all of a sudden just like a staff comes out of like her underarm and like right. boots just come out of nowhere like and the headband just comes out of her forehead Red. oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> every magical girl transformation she is actually just body horror we just get the pretty version right, <laughs> right. But then, like, after Ruby has, like, shed this white woman's suit and she puts on a, uh, a coat to cover herself, she hears Tamara leaving and Mr. Hughes following her. She's like, oh, I really need to get home. He was like, oh, aren't you staying? And then she hears, like, Tamara's cries of distress. And mm-hmm. she's just like, Mr. Hughes, I don't want to do this. She's, and she's essentially like, I was just saying, no, get off of me. 
And he was just like, he said the grossest thing I have ever heard. I've never heard this ever. In my I life. have heard it, but like in a sexy way. Like when you like when you want somebody to say something dirty, nasty to you. This is just gross. In the back of an it's alley. Really just like, let me smell it. Bitch, smell what? <laughs> I heard you girls smell sweet, sweet down, there. down there. I was like, uh, what? That is so gross. That is so I've nasty. You honestly think, sir. Oh, yeah. so I've been riled up about this since I saw it. Like, you honestly think that I am 100% going to drop my panty draws and just <laughs> have my vagina out here in this back alley and let you put your nose in it? Are you fucking kidding me? You nasty bastard. Like, ugh. <laughs> right. This. Because she is, you know, so young. Yeah. So inexperienced. Yeah. She's probably no more than like 19. You know. I can, you know, and then, you know, the white women are saying, oh, Mr. Hughes would never do that. Yes, he would. You know, he's a Norman Walkwell family guy. He would never do that. To you. Because you, you are a white woman. But he can, right. But he can do this. To yeah. Him. No one's going to defend him. Yeah. No one's going to believe him. And if they and if they do believe that something sexual happened, they're going to blame her. It was like, well, you know how them black women are anyway. Like, right. they're, they're out here and they're just fucking everybody. Because you know they're promiscuous. Right. We've seen how you dance. Yeah, we've seen how you dance. Right. Like, uh And like, and he's kind of doing that with Ruby when she's in Hillary. But it's very, it's very toned down. It's very like pushing to see how far he can go. With Tamra, it's well, just I like. Even, I don't even think it's that necessarily. I think he is just kind of over solicitous in what is presumed to be a charming yeah. way for a white man. Yeah. But Ruby peeps that is really something Yeah, that's else. lecherous. That's gross, dude. And, like, with Tamara, he's just gonna pin her up against the fucking wall and ask... And force and her. force her and ask, can I smell it? And that's why she fucking bites his ass. And, yep. like, get the... And, like, forces, like, forces himself on her. Kiss, like, she bite, kisses her. She bites him and, like, gets away and he calls her, like, you nigger bitch. And I was just, like... You can call me whatever, but I'm away from you now. So, fuck out of here. How quickly? How, how quickly? quickly that sprung from your how, right? Mm-hmm. How how just easily and quickly, and that's your go-to that this come when I right. reject you because I don't want to have sex with you, you gross white dude who's also my right. boss, who is fetishizing, who's fetishizing me, me, thinks I smell like doing this power play on yeah. me. Like, it fetishizes me to the point where you think I smell different. Right. Just because, again, like you were saying, just because you say you're attracted to a black person does not mean you think that black person is human. Yeah. And those and those of us who are black women or Asian women or Hispanic women or Middle Eastern women who have dated white men or women um, or non-binary people like just how easily fetishizing us can come into the equation and so ruby sees this and she's just like uh-huh and so she starts mm-hmm. to formulate a she's plan enraged. yeah she's enraged yes like she is angry 
And, like, we don't know what she's going to do, but she's going to do something. She knows that. Oh, she's going to do a whole lot of something. She's going to do a whole lot of something. And then we go to the drag ball. Yes. And this is beautiful. Like, it's... It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful... It's so beautifully shot. Yeah. Lit. And just, like, and it's... There's this music playing. Yeah. And you don't hear any of the dialogue, but what isn't said is told through, like, body... Body language. Yeah. And just, like... There's so much going on. There's so much going on. Even in the background, you know. But, like... People are jumping and dancing and just having a good time. Like, it's a a celebratory thing. It's a ball. Like... And, like, Sammy, you know, is dancing with, like... I'm assuming it's, like, a choreographed thing because you see other... Two other drag queens like the same kind of ensemble. And, you know he's dancing and stuff and he sees Montrose and like he uh, puts out his hand for Montrose to take and they dance. Oh, we also see that Sammy has one second place at the ball. He has, he has one second place. And he's like, you know, he's happy. He's celebrating like his man is here. And like, (laughs) his man is here to see his victory. And, um, and so, like, they dance, and it's, like, it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really sweet. And, like, and probably, like, the first sign of public sweetness that Machos has shown Sammy. Well, because he finally kisses Sammy in front of all he these people. He kisses Sammy. And I was just, like, yeah, because you're feeling a way about yourself right now, bro. Mm-hmm. You realize you just destroyed your relationship with your child. Mm-hmm. Permanently. permanently and you're looking for a grasp of something and you actually like this person but you can actually tell that like, he's kind of he's letting go and accepting himself and reveling in the freedom of this ballroom scene because ballroom scenes save lives okay yeah they really and, do and uh you know it's kind of like almost well it's a coming out and a baptism and all this stuff yeah, because they lift him up and like he gets baptized by glitter and by yes. like, <laughs> and like all these drag queens and it's just like it's yeah and as you said like ballroom has saved so many lives yeah and like and while they didn't have like structured houses there were still like you know cliques of people mm-hmm. who everybody knew that like, they hung out together like yes. houses didn't come like drag houses didn't come about until the late sixties early seventies yes. Um, and that's when it was more established and stuff like that. And there's, um, this content creator on YouTube that I follow called Matt Baum. Um, he's a white dude. Yes, I follow him too. Yeah. Um, he did a whole thing on the movie The Queen. Yes. Um, which is about a drag competition, like a Miss America drag competition that takes place. And that's where we see, we first, um, see Crystal LaBeja Mm -hmm. because she's competing and she walks off because she didn't win and she wasn't considered, you know, um, a viable candidate uh, because she was a black drag queen. Yeah. And, and, like, you can even see the makeup that she's wearing is, like, not for her skin tone. Not for her skin tone. And that was a thing. Like, if black drag queens wanted to compete, they had to lighten their skin. Yep. Like, and, like, and I'm a dark-skinned person. I would look crazy crazy <laughs> <laughs> if i had to like 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 look at me yeah <laughs> like i was no. like, nuts this was expected 
like and in order to compete and like and drag balls were like the white drag scene was underground like black drag scene was like mm-hmm. core of the earth like super underground yeah and that's where balls came from it's just like and if you watch the movie because it's such a cultural ref- reference point if you watch paris is burning even though it does have its issues with how, like... Ooh, so many issues. So many issues. With the people who were um, showcased in the documentary, not really... And created it. Yeah. Not really getting compensated for their time. And... Yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. It Like, Paris is Burning is fantastic and is seminal and is important. But it is still a film where an outsider came in and filmed all of this and edited it and sold it and built a legacy on this movie. Um, But anyway, um, but you see like these families and these houses and how like this is one scene I always think about where it's these two like young kids, like 13, 14, 15, like Hispanic uh new york kids and like one has his arm draped around the other it was like yeah i belong to this house yeah this is my brother because he's gay and i'm gay and like mm-hmm. and like and we're family because mm-hmm. of that and i was just like these are babies mm-hmm. but you had to choose your family because oftentimes families were just abandoned yeah they just leave kids Picking kick kids out. out like and so they had mm-hmm. to find the families if and if they were lucky enough they found like um a house or they just found a community of people that mm-hmm. took care of them and made sure they did the things they had to do and survive because it was all about survival it's all make sure they weren't homeless yeah make sure they yeah. weren't homeless and this was so instrumental to black queer youth um mm-hmm. especially of the 60s the 70s and into the 80s especially when aids came along so but also talking about like first and groundbreaking and things this episode was directed by Cheryl Dunny, mm-hmm. who uh, made this film called The Watermelon Woman back in 1996. I've seen that movie, yes. Yeah, it's about a young black lesbian who works in a video store trying to track down this film about this black actress from the 1930s. Yeah. And uh, basically that whole that whole <laughs> adventure. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, I have seen it in years, but I remember seeing it. Because mm-hmm. I went on a whole like black queer cinema thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> For like... So it was like almost. I remember. It's on, and also, it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. Um, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I definitely suggest it because it. She talks a lot about like the mammy archetype and where it may have come from and all this other thing. Yeah. Kind of stuff. It's really, it's really interesting. Um, and yeah, um, like drag houses, balls, and like, and even in Paris is Burning, Pepper Labeja says it's just like these kids come to balls with nothing. They probably haven't eaten that whole day, but they, like, you know, they stole something so they could walk out a ball. Because the only time they get to feel seen, they get to feel like superstars, like they matter. And, like, and that is huge. And, like, yeah, so the ball scene, I'm so glad they included it in. I loved it. I didn't expect it. Me either. I loved it. It was like, they were drag queens. I was like, okay, yeah, black drag queens existed in the 50s. Yeah, we know this. Um, I just hope we can get some more consideration yes. when it comes to other things involving. Yes. Um, 
So after this, I mean, I, I wish I could have been more invested in this scene, but I'll never get over him murdering Yahima. I mean, like, uh, it was still nice to see, but it's still fucked Montrose all day. It's just tainted. Yeah, just you tainted. killed somebody. Like, you don't get to be happy, insane. you killed somebody. And you killed a member of your community, and, like, low-key. Right. <laughs> like, it's not okay. Really, yes. And uh, Ruby is back at Williams, and uh, on the couch, covered in gore, like, her white woman's suit is next to her. Yeah. But she's, like, just kind of comfortable in it, right? She, yeah. The gore doesn't really bother her anymore and everything. Uh, so, and she, the transitioning seems to take less out of her each time. Yeah. And Christina comes up from the basement and locks the door, and she asks Christina about, like, why is the door locked and what is in the basement? Christina doesn't answer her. Of, of course. course. <laughs> and attempts to relate to Ruby and how Ruby feels, you know, how about what she's seen while being white in this world, and Ruby cuts her off. So can you shut the and fuck up? <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You know what about, you're talking right? about, girl. Like, Stop trying to relate to me. And Ruby says the only thing that you white women are delusioned with is self. yourselves. Yeah. And Christina uh, agrees with her. Yeah. That's the one thing I'll give Christina. Like when she's presented with truth, she's, with truth, she's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like I'm still working within like this power structure that benefits me more than you. Still doesn't benefit me all that much. It benefits me a little more. But yeah, no, girl, you're right. <laughs> like. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we are delusioned. Yeah. <laughs> or disillusioned, rather. Uh, disillusioned with ourselves, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Christina agrees with her and then also just talking to her about William. And Ruby is like, how do you know these things? That <laughs> how do you know these about? things? Yeah. Uh, but Christina says, you know, this potion that William gave you is not an invitation to just be white. Yeah. But it's an invitation to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And that's the currency of magic. And I was like, whew. I mean, and it's like, it's also just like, yeah, when you're white, you can get away with a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So you can do whatever the fuck you want if you walk around in this white skin. And don't, and I also think Christina right. was telling her, it's just like, you know, also don't be seduced by this because it's nothing to be seduced by. Well, sh- Ruby was telling her she wasn't seduced by yeah. this. Like, I see you people, and I do yeah. not like. I do not want this. Like, she, like, like you know. she just like keep that energy, <laughs> take it yeah. with you. <laughs> you know, and because it is, it's she says this especially to Ruby because again, like the things that Ruby does is just like get the job. Yeah, you know, she just wanted to get the she, job. She, that she, she does. She does the most practical to, things. You know, right? Live free. Yeah, know? she she's not doing like these huge power play things. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's then she's like, you can do whatever the fuck, fuck you want. want. And that really just kind of sinks into Ruby for the first time. Yeah. And she starts, you can see she starts thinking about it. And it's this. also like, do you think she means that she can do whatever the fuck she wants with this potion? Or since she has magic and she's now in the house. I'm assuming that Ruby lives there now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, William likes you, you know, Chrysalum likes you enough. Um, it's a nice place yeah right Um, and I think that Christina is saying it's like now that you have tapped into this magic and while she has not extended the offer I'm pretty sure the offer is around the corner um, to give her more magic she was just like you are now protected so you could probably get away with a lot more even out of your white suit well I don't know about that but we shall see we shall see in the coming episodes of Lovecraft Country (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And so we see Hillary. Yes, walk in. Hillary. Yeah. Yes, walk into Paul Hughes' office to give her notice. Lying that she has to quit because she is just so attracted to him. She just, she just wants to fuck him so bad. She has to quit because oh, I just can't stay employed because I'm just so, so attra- distracted about how cute you are. He ain't, he ain't cute. Listeners, he ain't cute. <laughs> Not at all. He's like an average white man. He ain't cute. Yeah. He ain't Chris Evans. He's now get Chris average. Evans on this bitch, girl. I'm sorry. No, no, he's not. <laughs> and so she's like basically doms him, like ties him up, tells him like she's gonna take control, all this stuff. And he's letting her do it. Mhm. And he's totally into it. Totally into it. And she asks him like, "What it was it that you want to talk about?" And he was saying, "Well, I was gonna ask you to fire Tamara for not carrying her weight." Car- Tamara's carrying everybody's weight. Shut up everybody's way the white girls who are trying on merchandise aren't doing anything right she she refused his advances yeah essentially so now he wants her gone her like yeah like tamra not carrying her weight is her not getting on her back and spreading her legs for this white man she makes you know she ties his hands behind him and everything takes his pants off and uh tells him to get on his knees and drags him by his tie has him lick the heel of her stiletto he's into it he is having a glorious time. <laughs> you cannot believe this is happening to Yeah. Her. It's like, oh my God. Right. And she stuffs her underwear in his mouth. And that's when Bodak Yellow starts playing. So I was just like, oh shit. Something's about to happen. Right. You used to be playing Bodak Yellow and... all recklessly. <laughs> well, actually, right before she stuffs the underwear in his mouth, her eyes turn brown. Yeah. And he says, your eyes. And she goes, do you like them? And that's when she puts the underwear in his mouth. Yeah. And then... Because she can do it at will now. Like, she can break out at will now. Yeah. And Or she timed it right. She, yeah. Either or. And then... And then she uh, angrily rapes him with a stiletto? She... Yeah. She... Like, really, really hard? Did she verbally... Yeah. Not verbally. She physically attacks him. She assaults him. She rapes him with this heel of a stiletto. Like... And I'm just like... I was not prepared. I, into this. <laughs> I was not prepared. I was not prepared at all. Like that, like like, that TikTok oh, I sent you gonna, like... of that woman just pacing back and forth. Just like, yo. Like, what did I just witness? I was like, couldn't we do something else? Right? Oh, like, could you just kick him in the like balls? That. Like, couldn't you just knock him out? You could have right. killed him. You just, like, stab him with a stiletto. Like, yeah. Put it in his ear or something. Yeah. Like I just I don't. I like, take it I to his like temple. Like but did, did you have to do it yeah. the butt though? Like several times. For several it times. Is bloody. And during this, she's also you know, transforming back to Ruby. Yeah. And it's happening effortlessly. Yeah. This is not yeah. as bad. Okay. As, yeah. Right. And this is her fifth transformation. Yeah. And I think because I watched an interview with Wumi. And she was talking about how, like, the scene with her and Christina, and how Christina kind of gives her permission to be angry, and how Ruby just mm-hmm. steps into that anger. Mm-hmm. And and probably anger she's just been swallowing her whole life. Yeah. And it comes out in this moment with this man. And, like, not the way I would have liked it, to present itself but i also can't tell somebody how like yeah 
I mean, I feel like I can tell somebody that maybe don't anally rape. Somebody with a little heel. Yeah, I can say that. But, <laughs> yeah. like, I... It's just kind of troubling to me because, you know, we have the murdering of Yahima. Yeah. We have this really rough sex scene with Mont Rose and Sammy. Yeah. And now we have this anal rape with this stiletto. And I'm just like... Where are we going? What are our messages? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, and I... D- yeah, like... It's not that I feel sorry for Paul. I do not feel sorry <laughs> for him. But I was just like, right. you didn't have to do him that way. Right. Like, you didn't have there to... are so many other things we could have done. Yeah, you could have just beat him up real bad. Mm-hmm. Or you could have just... Or you could have just shed this... And tied him to the chair and left the door open. Yeah. Or, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, or you could have just, like, transformed into a white... Out of the white woman's suit in front of him. Because who's going to believe him? Well, she did that. Yeah, yeah, but right. like she did that. But instead of like you know, anally raping him with a stiletto, yeah, we could have gone straight to that. Because she's gone straight to that. But it's also, I think, yeah. it was also why she set up the whole thing was because like I'm also shedding this white woman's skin in front. Of, who's going to believe that somebody yeah. walked in and did this right. to you? I'm gonna leave all this white woman's skin right here, right here, and people are gonna be like, I don't know what happened, but arrest him. Yeah. It's like, so who's, who's going to believe that a black woman came out of a white woman? Right. Like, who's going to believe and that? And so as she's she's transforming, you know, she puts her shoes back on, she rolls him over, um, and she tells him, I just want you to know, I want you to know that a nigger bitch did this to you. Yup. And she walks out as, you know, Cardi's talking about bloody Jeez. shoes and everything, and I'm like, yep. Yeah, that, that's a quite a literal interpretation. Of that line. Yes. Wow. She's walking out with bloody shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. With actual red bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ah. That, yeah, that scene, I was just like, what did I just witness? Because right. I did not expect the scene was, to go I was, I was, like, so with it. Yeah, until so that. that point. Until that part. Right. And I was just like, ah, what are, what are we doing here? I feel right now. I don't. I thought that was everybody's. Just anybody who watched the show and everybody's like live tweeting, you know, because Lovecraft Country was also competing with like the title of Bell, uh, Gladys oh, Knight yeah. versus. Gladys Knight versus. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't know who's gonna win this evening. Either either people catch Lovecraft Country on the rebroadcast, <laughs> but right. Um. So it's just like anybody who was watching Lovecraft Country was just like. Y'all, I don't know how I feel about this. And everyone's just like, me what? either. I don't know how I feel I about this right know. now. Why this? Why do we have to do this thing? You could have literally just like left him gagged and tied up, penis out, door open, walked away. Just... Like shed your white woman's skin, traumatize and walked away. But do we have Let's to... skip the anal rape. Yeah, like why do we have to automatically jump to anal rape? I don't get that. I don't know. I don't know. There's if... enough body horror yeah. in this episode. Like, I, don't know if it was just, I don't know if it was just like the body horror aspect or... To try to make him feel the way that he made Tamara feel, or I don't know. But that's not. I mean, anyway. Oh no. Next scene. And <laughs> <laughs> also, 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 um, in that scene, when you see uh Ruby assault Mr. Hughes on the TV, there's also Jekyll and Hyde playing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, because actually, part of the title of Jekyll and Hyde is. The Strange Case or A Strange Case. Yeah, The Strange Case of Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. So it's just like, oh, y'all just really tying it 
tied together. I don't, I, I want to know how many like how many reference notes they gave the writers of each episode. Oh my god! Like here's the Bible that you have to like you have to abide by while writing this episode. Good luck. Yeah, because at one point uh, Ruby says to William that she doesn't want to be anybody's charwoman. I was like, charwoman? Yeah, I don't know what that. What is that? And (laughs) I had to Google it, and it's a woman employed to clean offices or houses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a. I have never. That's a deep cut. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Uh, you know, if this white man brings it to, like, this lavish house, I want to be like, you want me to clean this? Or. I'm not, cause I'm not doing I'm that. I'm not doing that. Especially for 1950s. Like, did you, did you get me drunk, have sex with me on the stairs just so you wanted me to vacuum your floors? So you can find a maid? Like, right. Whoop. This is, this is a, this is a very odd interview process, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, um, cut to Letty's in the bathtub and Atticus comes in and Letty is reading the Bible. And he asks her if she's okay. She's just like, I'm just saying a prayer for Yahima. And, you know, how her mother's faith was real. And she took drug her and Ruby to the church every um, Sunday. But Letty never felt it. And, you know. She says, you know, she's not a true believer, but a performer. And she's she's trying to search for something good out of all this bad that they've yeah. recently experienced. And, um, and she was just like, I grew up thinking love wasn't special. Because, you know, my mom was in it every two seconds. And Ruby's kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. She said and Ruby's like the same way. And and uh, Atticus says that he wants to bring, you know, some good. And he opens up and tells her about Gia. Yeah. Uh, he says he's not sure if he loved her because uh, he never had any good examples of love. Yeah. And that's when Lady tells him, you know, she thought love wasn't special. And that's why she was never like really with anyone because she didn't want to be like her mom and Ruby. She wanted to find something that was special. Yeah, and that meant something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and Ak is just like, this is special. And, you know. Well, what he says is, this is special, and I am not confused about that anymore. Yeah. And that was very sweet. Oh Oh my God. Just, yeah, like, yeah, I'm aromantic, so I'm not moved by things like that. <laughs> but that's just, I recognize oh. it, and I'm just like, oh, that's very sweet. I'm just like, but my oh. cold black heart is not feeling anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am very, like, into romance, so I was like, that is so sweet. <laughs> like, I see, like, I see it from, like, people think as an aromantic, like, devoid of emotions, like, I'm not. But like, no, but I also realize this is just not your jam. Yeah, like, but I, oh, I can see, I can see that thing, but it doesn't really move me. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is very powerful. Like, this is for somebody to say, just like, I'm not confused about this. Like, this is because Letty says, like, last time I thought we were going somewhere, you told me you were going back to Florida, mm-hmm. and so he's just like, yeah, that was my bad. Like, but <laughs> you know, right? This is special, yeah. and I'm not confused about that. And and he he doesn't kiss her; he kisses her hand. And like, yes. like a kitten just rubs his face on her hand. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, cause she's his essentially like right now she's his safe space, cause yeah. cause Uncle George is dead and 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 we oh we we kind of skipped the part where he where she says you know it was scary, 
and that he is like yes oh yeah when he was fixing his wounds she was like he was fixing his hand or attending to his wounds and she was like Atticus seeing you like that scared me and he was just like please don't be scared of me like almost begging like please don't be afraid of me because I'm not that I don't want to be that guy yeah yeah and he makes the decision to change because this is right before yeah he actually lets Letty know what his father did because he was just gonna let her believe that yeah he was but he was like no I have to tell her he escaped or whatever yeah I have to tell her so he's he's making conscious decisions to change, to not be and like not his have father. the history of violence himself, right? Not to bring that history into yeah. the present. And it's like, but their their scene was super cute, and I was just like, I have in my notes, so it's like Letty and Atticus talk about love because that's literally what they talk about. Yeah, and like, and this and this is like for two people who've never had an example of what love looks like. Mm-hmm. Love is very scary. Yeah. If you've never seen healthy uh, versions of it, if you've never seen mutually beneficial versions of it, if you've only ever seen, like, uh, um, obligatory love, or, like, quote-unquote love, because it's not actually love, it's just Mm. just there out of obligation, or you've seen constant displays of... um, uh, what is it? Eros. Mm. Um, and like, so you don't know what real love actually looks like. And that can be really right. fucking scary. How to model it, how to do it, you know, how to like, yeah. Think about another person and try your best not to hurt them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. but we can, you know, even from the beginning though, Letty is still the more courageous person. Really? Yeah. Uh, Letty might end up being the hero. I mean, of she kind of saved the day most of these episodes. Yeah. Um, and like, and I think Letty, I also think Letty, in terms of her and Atticus, will always be the one to like, even though she shouldn't have to manage his emotions, but she can, but I think she'll end up being like, his his safe point. His like, he, he looks at her and he's just like, okay. I mean, she can be like, his safe point, I but down. I don't need her to like be his therapist. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> just like, you know, look at me, calm down, work on whatever's happening with you right now. But like, but I need you to get back to zero because right now yeah, you're out of yeah. ten. <laughs> I need you to get down to, I need you get down to a two, a zero or a two. Um, but yeah, so that scene was very, very sweet, and I was, you know, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> I have never had a conversation like that, and that's fine. <laughs> so we kind of move on for that very sweet scene. Yes. You know, and Ruby is catching William coming in from outside, and she's questioning him about the basement. Essentially, being like, "Listen, like, you, your lady friend, go down that basement all the time. What's going on in that basement? Right, all hours of the day and night. What's yeah. happening? It's the only door that locks in this place. What's going on?" And William's like, "Just give me, just, hey, Ruby, just just give me a minute. <laughs> I'll talk to you in a minute, okay? Just give me a second. And he's heading towards the basement. Yeah. And then William transforms and it's Christina. Yeah. And Which I again, another prediction. Again, <laughs> they were the same person the whole time. Like once you said they, they may be the same person, I was just like, yeah, that tracks. That might yeah. actually be the case. There's like in a lot of TV, there's like these two things that I look for all the time. And that's, are these people the same person? And is this 
actually happening or is somebody dead? You know, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, is this hallucination or is this reality? <laughs> but with like, but with Christina, like in the scene last episode, we went from Christina to William super fast. I was like, how fast do you, can you transform? And that's one thing we don't get to see is what that transformation into yeah. this other person is like. Yeah. Because it, I'm assuming because Christina's been doing it for a long time, like she can just get in and the, coming out of it takes some time, but getting into it is faster for her. Yeah. I'm going to assume. I mean, we don't know. We, we haven't seen that process. We don't know how this potion is administered. Yeah. Exactly. She got out of works or yeah, she got out of William real quick. Yeah, and also it it also um, like where the clothes come from because like William was in a suit like it was in like a suit (laughs) yeah like fashion's fantastic but it also it's also a question of was William like the facade of William that she uses because we because he gave because she gave Ruby Dell. So William had to have been a real person. Right. Because Dell's yeah. a real person. But we don't know if Dell's alive or dead. And we don't know if yeah. William is if alive William's or dead. Alive. Yeah. Or like... Or she could be... what it takes to gather and create this potion. Yeah. Or she could have William in the basement. Right. William <laughs> trying to get him, in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, like trying to get him, you know, back on his P's and Q's, trying to get... Trying to resurrect him. Or something of the sort. Something. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? We're gonna find out, though. Yeah. And, like, and then Ruby's just like, you were William the whole time? Right, that's the only thing she's talked about. Which is <laughs> funny. <laughs> and I'm just like, and me, being the person I am, I would be like, but we had sex on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm assuming they've had sex since then i assume i assume that they've at least gotten it in at least once or twice more yeah but i really just need to see the scenes to make sure <laughs> i mean that scene on the stairs that was good and i will not be opposed to more william ruby sex scenes now especially now with ruby knowing that it's christina yeah, yeah. and that opens up a whole nother set of questions for ruby probably ruby and christina Right? Because mm-hmm. I think Christina or Chrysalum <laughs> I think Chrysalum like actually likes Ruby. Yes. Yes. Like has feelings for Ruby. Yeah, like has feelings for Ruby and didn't expect to. Yeah. Because why else would you let this stranger person for all t- all intents and purposes just be kicking it in your house? Right. Like they have I mean they have their reasons, you know, yeah, true. for Ruby. But like there's like I said, there is like this layer of extra. Yeah, like I think Chris, I think Chrysalum really like, and and like, and it's also another question of the more you transform into a person, how much does that person change you? Change you? Yeah. yeah. How much does that person start to become kind of a real person into themselves mm-hmm. within, like you know, within you, but still like. Yeah. Like, how... Yeah. So that's an interesting question. Because the way William looks at her, but anyway. I, I, I ship it. <laughs> I ship it. I ship Ruby and Chrysalum. I ship it. Like... What's the name of the ship, though? You gotta name the ship. Uh, 
the SS. The the RMS. Yeah. The Rukrulum? Because Ruby Christina William. Yeah. Isn't that with. Rustina? It's difficult. Because it's three people. It's a fucking thruple. That's what we're dealing with. It really is. It's a thruple. And one of them's technically a meat suit. So. How does that work? What are we doing? Matt got come up with like a cute ship name. I will be interested to see Jess's gender talk about this episode. Because uh, Justice Gender is a trans woman on YouTube. Okay. Uh, and she also talked about the previous episode and about the treatment of Yahima and everything. So yeah. I'll be interested what, to see what she may say about this whole metamorphosis and transitioning and all this stuff. Hello, travelers. Because of a slight computer snafu, we lost the last 15 minutes of this already very long episode. But we did talk about Tick deciphering the language of Adam and calling Jihad in Korea and realizing that the message relayed was suffer and die. And also him asking Jihad what was she. But we hope to see you next week to review episode 6 of Lovecraft Country and we have a little surprise for you in store. But thank you and we'll see you next week. Bye! This is the end of the line. Thank you for crossing Lovecraft Country with us. If you'd like to contact us, follow us on Twitter at LCC Crossing, where we live tweet every Sunday. Follow Megan at Ephemeral Quiet and Maria at Valar More Dollars. Our intro and outro music is courtesy of ALBM Productions. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast so other fellow travelers can cross with us.